Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Upside Swings Draft Podcast, the podcast at the highest ceiling. And if you're listening to this, uh, either you've made it through 30 podcasts or you just skipped all of them. Hard to blame you either way. But we have officially finished the team previews as you listen to this. And uh, this is this is what it's all been culminating towards the mock draft. Uh, we have five people here to do this with us. And there's no people I'd rather do this with than, of course, the great Stone Hansen, the wonderful Ryan Davis, the dashing Cooper Rockets, and the incredible Yosef of Thunder Film Room. This is uh, an all-star cast right here. And I, I am just absolutely excited to get this going. Yosef, uh, how are you doing, my man? Good, bro. I'm really excited to get to this. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm giddy. I did my whole pregame routine, listened to a live by, uh, by Pearl Jam. It's like, it's like the AAU days. Uh, Davis, my friend, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, enjoying being off, at least for now, uh, until tonight, but... I'm really excited to do, to do this uh, kind of kind of what like you said what we've been leading up to um, and and we're really really close to draft day so I can't wait it's just it's just getting closer and closer. Yeah, as we record this, we're nine days away from draft day. As this releases, it's probably gonna be closer to like four days from draft day. So uh, you know, it, it's about that time we're battening down the hatches. Cooper, how are you doing? I'm doing great today. I woke up at four to do a morning shift. Uh, Still feeling good. It, Cooper, if it makes you feel here. better, I was also up at four. I'm always up at four. So uh, <laughs> after this pod, it, it, it's I got to edit one more pod and then it's bedtime. So, uh, you know, you're, you're not the only one. Stone, my friend, I, I know you're a little under the weather, but how are you doing? Yeah, uh, I'm doing okay. If I sound like Brooke or Robin Lopez, um, it's actually Stone. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, I'll try to keep the coughing and the, uh, the throat clearing to a minimum. I have a bit of a sore throat, but, uh, I'm really excited to do this. I'm pumped. I've been looking forward to it and I wasn't going to let a sore throat stop me from, from doing it. So <laughs> this is, this is the flu game for stone right here. Yeah, this is, exactly. this is his crowning achievement as, as goat of draft Twitter, in my opinion. And, uh, we will see that play out. Um, so it's pretty simple rules here. Uh, we are going to do every five picks uh, is, is your pick where there's three minutes on the timer in between picks. It's going to start off pretty simple. Um, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about picks in between and we're just going to have some fun with this. We're going to try and get 60 picks down. Uh, I believe in us. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, so first on the clock, because uh, I'm selfish is me. And this takes <laughs> zero seconds. I'm not even going to start the timer. The pick for the Detroit Pistons is the one and only Kate Cunningham. Uh, Cooper, you are on the you are on the clock. Second pick. Uh, when you're ready, just say your pick. But uh, I'll let you guys sort of react to the obvious Kate Cunningham at number one. Uh, I mean, good pick. <laughs> it's about as it's about as uh, simplistic and and easy a pick as you can get. So you kind of cheated your way out of this this first pick. Yeah, I think it was easy easier than counting the three. <laughs> well you know i considered i considered scotty lewis here but no i'm kidding um, but, uh, <laughs> uh yeah i mean kate kate is just that guy uh he is clearly number one on my board in a tier on his own and um i'd be shocked if anything different happens on draft day uh cooper are you here ready with the pick 
Uh, yeah, if you're not going to let me trade all 12 of my picks for number one, then uh, with the second overall pick, Houston Rockets select Evan Mobley out of USC. Pretty easy pick in my mind. Interesting. So. I, I, I knew that was coming from you, Coop, but but there are some who, who expected something different. Um, so Davis is on the clock with the Cavs, but I want to ask Yosef, because uh, I feel like he's the one person here who we haven't got his perspective on. What do you think about Evan Mobley here with the second pick? Honestly, I think Houston should take him. Uh, obviously, it seems like a lot of Houston Twitter and reporters are big on the green train, um, but I just don't know if Right now, I go for best prospect available, especially at the top of the draft. And I understand, like, people are skeptical of taking bigs at this time. But Mobley just has a skill set that, like, honestly, I don't think we've seen from a big in, like, the past five years. Yeah, I I, I understand an agreement. I, I wrote a whole long thing on what they should do with this pick. You guys can go read that. Or don't. I don't blame you. It's right before the draft when you're listening to this. So probably don't have time to read 3,000 words anyways. But uh, I agree with Evan Mobley. Davis, are you ready with the Cavs? Yeah. Uh, so the third pick, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Jalen Green. I think they eventually move on from Sexton, even if they don't. Um, Green's just, the, I think, the, the best player on the board at this point and fits pretty well with, with Cleveland and Garland. Yeah, uh, that's, that's sort of uh, the chalk pick. But I think now... Uh, is, is where the draft is going to open up a little bit. So I am going to start doing the timer now. Um, Yosef, you are on the clock with the Toronto Raptors. Um, Stone, what do you think of, of Jalen Green to the Cavs? Um, I think that it is, uh, I mean, the right pick. Like if Mobley's taken at number two, then, then Green is pretty much the easy three for me. Um, you worry about fit later. I know we just recorded a pod with CJ, Martian, Shawnee um, about, the, about the Cavaliers. Um, and we went really in depth into what they should do. And I think this is the right call for, for them at number three. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm in agreement as well. Um, you really do sound like a Lopez brother. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that is, that is, yeah, spot on, spot on, like, like Robin, you're going to be messing with the, with the Benny bowl too. Like it's only a matter <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm like a foot and a half shorter, but yeah. <laughs> That's, that's okay. Height, height, height is nothing compared to heart. Uh, Yosef, do you have the pick here at four? Yeah, um, I'm going to say the Raptors take Jalen Suggs. Uh, I think they're pretty content at four. I don't see them trading it. And I think Suggs is just the perfect guy, especially for their culture they have there and just the perfect next guy after Kyle Lowry to start the new generation there. Um, the dude's a winner, and I think he's going to fit perfectly there, honestly. Yeah, that's another one. I, I feel like that's that's – you know, probably pretty close to um, what's really going to happen at this point. Uh, so so I, I like that fit. I am a little lower on Suggs. I don't want to see notoriously, but somewhat notoriously on draft Twitter. Um, but that fit does make some sense to me. I think if you're going to let Kyle Lowry go, uh, I, I don't mind it. Uh, Stone, are you ready with the magic? I am ready for the magic. Um I know this is based upon, you know, what we're going to do, like if we were the GMs. Um, but I think, you know, regardless of taking best player available on my board, you also do have to account for um, where other people value these guys. So although like Kai Jones is super high on my board, I think it would be bad asset allocation to take him this high because I think not everybody else has him as, as highly as I do. So that being said, with the magic, I'm going to go with um, Moses Moody here. 
I think um, it might be a little bit of an unconventional pick because I think other people might think uh, Kuminga or <clears throat> Scotty Barnes might be the pick here, but I think Moses Moody really fits with what they want to do, um, provides them more 3 and D, sort of like a um, uh, Evan Fournay replacement. So I, I really like the pick here, and I think he can provide a lot of value for them, even though he's not really the star that they need. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Moses Moody is someone who's definitely mm -hmm. been floated around this range. Um, so I'm on the clock with the Thunder, but I'm going to let you guys sort of talk about the Moody pick while I, uh, while I, while I think about what I want to do with that selection. Yeah, I was hoping say, Moody, Moody was going to fall, but with Stone, I, I, I was doubting it. I think that's a really good pick. Uh, both his high floor and high ceiling really makes that an interesting pick for the Magic, where if, he, if they – you know, if he's not able to develop offensively, he's still one of their better wings forwards there. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, but Stone, do you think do you think he would have been available at eight if they don't take him at five? Uh, I didn't want to take that chance. I think it was probably like a 50-50 chance and that there's not much separation between him and a couple other guys there, and I liked him the most. So I just wanted to, uh, to go with what I liked the most. Yeah, Bryce is ready. Definitely agree. All right. So, you know, Stone mentioned that uh, you have to consider where other people value and, and the asset allocation and such, but uh, uh, I don't want to. Um, so I'm going to be taking, with the sixth pick, the Oklahoma City Thunder select, Kai Jones. Um, nice. <laughs> I, I, I honestly thought there was zero chance in hell I ended up with Kai Jones, but I did. And uh, to me, it's this is the no-brainer. With Rocco gone, him and Jalen Green are the only people I have in my tier three. So this this is a blessing. <laughs> I think I think he's the perfect fit for the Thunder. Um, next to next to Alexei Pukasevsky, it is a dream front court combination for 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 me. Uh, I don't know if it's a dream for Thunder fans, but for me, it's the dream front court. <laughs> Stone is dying. I tried to hold it together. <laughs> He's like, um, for me, this is this was always going to be the pick. Uh, no one, no one is, no one is in the same tier as Kai Jones. Um, I think his athleticism is truly special, and with the packages of skills he has, makes him a really uh, a prospect with a really interesting ceiling and also a solid floor, in my opinion. Uh, Cooper, you are up with the Golden State Warriors, the first of their two picks. Joseph, uh, <laughs> so. This is your team. I, I wanted to get your take on on if you're mad at me for taking Kai Jones, if you think it's one that makes sense. Just what's your take? Yeah, I'm really high on Kai Jones. Um, I'm very much under the thoughts that we should swing for the fences. Um, but if they took Kai at six, I might have to deactivate my Twitter. Um, I would I would be severely depressed. Um, but with that being said, I definitely like would have thought that Kai is a guy like they would possibly trade up for even though i think realistically they're leaning towards sangoon but i think Kai. i agree with you in the terms that kai is like a tier three guy his like his ceiling is much higher but i also think his floor is also much lower than some guys if that makes sense yeah and i should say that that uh well cooper's ready we'll get to him in a second i just will say really quickly that for me i'm not necessarily considering prospect value too much because we can't make trades if we could make trades and i could have traded back to 12 and yeah. get yeah. uh and get kai i would have but without that i i just sort of want to it's not just best player available it's best fit in a tier but um like it's mostly sort of 
the best player I think can be maximized by context. And uh, I think Kai Jones is perfect for the Thunder. But Cooper is ready. Uh, let's hear it. The Golden State Warriors. Uh, with the seventh pick, uh, well, this does pain me as a Rockets fan. It really hurts to give them my, my fourth-ranked guy. But with the seventh pick in the NBA draft, the Golden State Warriors select Zaire Williams out of Stanford. That is uh, an interesting pick that I, I, I really like. Um, so just so everyone knows, uh, Davis, you're on the clock next with the Orlando Magic second pick. Um, but to me, uh, I really like Zaire Williams. I think that's fair value for him. Cooper, if you want to sort of give your perspective on him and why you like him uh, here in Golden State, go ahead. Uh, so I was thinking for a little bit there, I was like, oh, well, maybe they want some win now, guys. But I don't think that there is a such thing as win now, guys. And especially when you are Golden State and you have a chance to get somebody who I think has real star upside to put with Steph and Clay if he comes back healthy and maybe even an older Draymond. If you can extend that window, I think that's the only thing you can do. You don't go and take these little swings for guys like Davion Mitchell. But um, I, I think that they got to go big or go home here, especially with two picks. They get two shots at a big swing. So why not go with Zaire, who I think has the highest upside left? Yeah, I, I like that pick. Uh, uh, Stone, do you have I, – I, I, your take on Zaire Williams is interesting. I feel like that's someone who we talked about probably a little too early and didn't get a really uh, – get, like, final thoughts on when we hit on him in the pod. So, so how are you feeling about Zaire here at seven? Um, I think I make sense, honestly, with Moses Moody off the board. That probably would have been my first pick for him. But I see the logic behind Zaire because I think that's sort of the same, same in a sense, archetype that he's trying to go with with a wing here uh, who can space the floor, um, can do more than he showed at Stanford. Uh, he's very difficult for me to evaluate, but I think uh, what he does bring in terms of the upside is pretty valuable and um, his higher end outcomes, I think, are just as high end as many others uh, in this range. So I get the logic behind it for sure. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Davis is ready with the eighth pick. Uh, go ahead, Davis. Yeah, so with the eighth pick, um, I was between a few guys, but the Orlando Magic select Jonathan Kuminga. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a little lower on Kuminga, but based off uh, – most mocks and actually most prospect list Kaminga is like a top five guy. So I feel like uh, that's a move the the magic would do if Kaminga does fall. Yeah. I really thought I was getting up with Kaminga at 11. Um, Yosef, you are on the clock with the Sacramento Kings at nine. Um, but Kaminga is someone who I feel like a lot of draft Twitter's really moved down on. And, and I did a little bit, like I dropped him a tier, but with Rocco leaving, he's now back at fifth on my board. So I guess it doesn't necessarily matter. Um, R.I.P. Rocco, I, I miss him so much. Um, Coop, what are what are your thoughts on on Jonathan Kaminga here? Because uh, he, you you had the chance to take him with Golden State and you passed on him for Zaire. So I want to know sort of how you feel about Kaminga and if you like this pick here at eight. I do really like the pick. Uh, I think Kaminga and Moody, along with the the rest of the Magic's defensive core, is just ridiculous. Uh, the reason I didn't take him at seven. It's because I think Zaire has a more attainable upside. I think his his ceiling is slightly higher, but he's also more likely to hit it. I think Kaminga has a higher floor, which sounds weird because people tend to think that if the shooting doesn't work out, then he's, you know, some super low floor player. But he's got too many tools. 
And he's got some decent passing instincts that I like at times. He's got nice flashes. Uh, I just think that Zaire has, is like a slight, slightly better as, uh, as an upside swing. I, I, uh, yeah. I, I dig that reasoning, uh, and I'm sort of with you. Uh, Yosef, are you ready with the Sacramento Kings? Yeah, um, I'm going to have them take Scotty Barnes. Uh, I'm really shocked Scotty fell this deep, uh, but I think he's perfect in terms of what they need. And just in terms of when you think of Sacramento, you think of really a just a, a, a team with no culture, uh, organization with no culture. And I think Scotty, guys like Scotty, Tyrese Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox, like I think they're all great mix of guys like competitive dudes who want to win. Um and looks like, you know, I don't think Marvin Bagley is going to wear a Kings jersey again next year. Uh, and I think it really just helps them on both ends of the floor. I do think Scotty can be a good connector type of guy on the offensive end. Obviously, he can't shoot. Um, and then obviously, he's going to help them defensively, where beforehand they weren't really anything special in the front court. Um, I still don't know if they plan on bringing Rashawn Holmes back, but I would be very excited and interested to see that duo. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's a good pick. Uh, Stone here is on the clock at 10 with the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, Davis, how are you feeling about Scotty Barnes? I know you're sort of the relative, like, high on Barnes guy in this class. How are you feeling about uh, Scotty here at nine? Yeah, so I was actually, but like, if it was up to, if I was, like, my perspective, I would have taken Scotty Barnes um, last with the Magic pick, but uh, I, I like, Barnes more than Kuminga, so I, I really like this pick. If if he falls to the Kings, um, I, I like Barnes a lot. He, he brings a lot to the table already. Um, if the shot comes along, you can even get probably an All Star caliber player. Um, but defensively, offensively, the versatility, the playmaking, everything's there. So I, de I definitely would like this pick with with Fox and and Halliburton. Yeah, they'll definitely be one of the better passing teams in the NBA at that point, which is sort of a stark difference from what they were. Um, I'm a little lower on Scotty Barnes than most. I just, I really worry about the athleticism. And then I, I think because we like him as a person so much that we can sometimes boost what, um, we, we can sort of overlook his deficiencies that we really harp on with prospects we like less. And that's, I understand why, but uh, I, I like this pick here for the Kings. I think it makes a lot of sense. I might have gone other places, but the value there, too, if we're talking about value, uh, Scotty at nine is, is I would say, pretty much impossible. So if you can get that, uh, that that's a that's an excellent pick. Uh, Stone, are you ready here at 10 with the Pelicans? Yeah. Um, and real quick before I touch on that, Scotty Barnes to the Kings is like a pick I've been really wanting to have in for like the past year or so. It just makes a ton of sense with an extra connector piece in Tyrese Halliburton, too having two connecting pieces that play defense and keep the ball moving is uh, really enticing to me and the perfect fit in my opinion. Uh, but with that said, I see that we're going to be aggressive in getting our guys. Uh, Bryce has set the tone. So I am going to go with Jared Butler for the Pelicans at number 10. Um, this is not good value, but I don't care. Um, he is going to be fitting really well next to whoever their backcourt is i think he's he's versatile enough to play on or off ball um if they keep lonzo it makes a lot of sense if they don't it makes a lot of sense um next to kira Lewis, you know there, there's enough there to be able to make it work um <clears throat> he's a really really good shooter uh i believe 98th percentile on spot ups and 96th percentile on pull-ups 
and 74th percentile on coming off of screens. So like all the shooting statistics are really, really good for him. Um, really good passer. Like there's just nothing that Jared Butler does that's bad. So I think this makes a lot of sense for the Pelicans. And obviously they need to start winning a little bit more now. Um, they've been in, in this rebuild for quite a while. And I think Jared Butler can help them out of it. Yeah, that's uh, I knew this was going to happen. I, I had a feeling when I was writing out, I'm like, oh, 10, that's where Jared Butler goes. Um, I, I'm on the clock with the Hornets. I'm going to throw it to Cooper. Uh, Coop, what do you think of Jared Butler? And do you like him here at 10? Uh, Sands, the idea of, of sort of mainstream where the value's at uh, in a vacuum. Do you like Jared Butler at 10 to the Pelicans? Uh, I think I like Jared Butler to the Pelicans. Uh, I don't like it at 10. I'm just going to be real. I think that there are a lot more guys who have better upside, but I can see the perspective that you're taking. Like they need to win with all the rumors, like the huge rumor mill around the Pelicans at all times. And I, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot more guys who I, th- I think I, as a GM, would pair with that core but I can definitely see why you took Butler. He's just incredible. So, you know, you can't complain about good basketball players. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Butler has one of the more insane statistical profiles of any player in this draft. It's, it's really impressive. Um, so I'm here with the Hornets, and there's one player on my board who's clearly above everyone else, and the fit is really wonky. Um, but I guess I'm going to pair... Uh, wing-sized point guards from Australia together, and I'm going to take Josh Giddy at 11 to the Charlotte Hornets. Um, that is a weird pick. I, I'm not 100% sure I love the pick, but there's no one else on my board right now who, whose value I like, and, you know, passing is one of those things where you can't have too much. If you have two, like, absolutely elite, untouchable passers, I think that's uh, worthwhile. Um, but uh, I'll kind of let you guys react to that. I'll, I'll throw it to Yosef first, but before we do that, uh, Cooper's on the board at 12 with the San Antonio Spurs. Yosef, how are you feeling about Josh Giddy to the Hornets? I really like Josh. Like, I'm high on him. Uh, as you said, it's kind of a weird fit in uh, Charlotte, especially because I don't know if that backcourt will be able to guard us, like this five in the chat right now. Um but I, I'm interested by it. I think, as you said, you can never have too many passers, but I think whenever you do that, whenever you get Josh, you're pretty much setting how you want to play offensively, which is a much more flowing offense, almost like how Spain's international team plays. Um, and I just don't know if you have enough of the players like that fit that style. Um, I probably would have gone. I loved Kai Jones at 11 um, is what I was thinking would happen. Um, but I don't have a Josh's. I think seventh on my big board. So I have no problem with it. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I don't love this like really at all. Um, <laughs> honestly, like Kai Jones, if, if Kai Jones could be here, that would be the perfect, but I knew if I let Kai Jones fall past six, uh, Kai Jones is not getting past 10. So I just, the one person stone loves more than Jared Butler is Kai Jones. So, uh, uh, this this is this is how it had to be. I love Josh Giddy as a player. Um, I think he can be more of a wing. Like I don't think he's the prospect Lamelo was at all. Lamelo still has more wiggle and shift. Um, so so I, I think that helps me feel a little better about it. Um, Cooper is ready with the twelfth pick. So uh, Cooper, take it away. The twelfth pick in the NBA draft, the San Antonio Spurs select Franz Wagner 
out of Michigan. That's a, that, that's a solid pick. Uh, Davis, you're, you're on the clock with the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Coop, tell us why you picked Browns. Uh, I think San Antonio has a lot of guys right now. They, they have a lot of guys who can score or do different things. I don't know if they have that connecting guy like Franz, who's both a floor and ceiling raiser and who's 6'10". Uh, like they have about a bajillion guys who I would love to just watch play, but Franz is the only guy who can really, he's kind of, he's, they really need glue. And I think Franz is the highest guy left on my board who provides that. Even if I don't think he has the upside of some of the other guys on my board, I think the Spurs have enough upside on that roster with some of the really smart draft choices they've made in the past couple of years. Yeah, I, I, I like that pick for them. Uh, Franz is someone I considered at 11, and, and I think he's someone who can sort of just fit on every team. Uh, like like for me, like DeJounte Murray and Franz is, is just a really fun sort of core to start building around, just an interesting team there. Um, that, that's, a real, that's just great value, too. I don't think Franz will be here at 12 when the real draft comes around. I, I'd be shocked if he gets past nine, to be honest. Um so, so that's an interesting pick. I, I really, I think if he, if he truly reaches like, like pretty solid outcomes, like that are achievable as a shooter, um, he becomes a, a very, very uh, like excellent connector probably could be one of the better connectors in the league. If he hits sort of his, his like 75 percentile outcomes as a shooter. Um, Davis, are you ready with the Indiana Pacers? Yeah. So with the, with the 13th pick um, in the NBA draft, Indiana Pacers select James Booknight. Um, I was between two guys. I would have picked Franz, um, but I decided to go with, with Booknight here. I don't know what the future is with Brogdon um, there, um, but, but either way, I think they can use a scoring, a scoring guard, so. Yeah, I think Book Knight is an interesting fit here. Um, Yosef, you're on the clock with the Warriors at 14. Uh, just a reminder, they took uh, Zaire Williams at seven. I don't know how much that factors into your decision, but that was the last pick. Um, Book Knight, uh, a Mark Schindler favorite, so he would probably be happy if this happened. Um, uh, Stone, what are, what are your sort of thoughts on uh, Book Knight to the Pacers? Yeah, I think it's a good pick, honestly. I think... Um there's so many pieces in Indiana and we don't really know which of them is their core. Um, maybe Sabonis, but outside of that, it's really kind of all up in the air. Um, I think Big Knight makes a lot of sense as like uh, another sort of like can, can fill a similar role to what Karis LeVert does to them. Um, I think, you know, they're, they're versatile enough. They can play together. You have Book Knight. So, and you have Brogdon, um, so those three guys make a pretty interesting uh, guard trio dynamic. Um, and, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And that off ball movement off of the Montes would be interesting. Yosef is ready. Uh, 14th pick warriors. Um, so I was going to take Book Knight, uh, especially because of Cooper's pick earlier and him just discussing like going for the higher ceiling guys. Uh, uh, but since that's taken, I'm going to take what I thought originally with the warriors. I think, will probably do and that's take a really high floor guy so i'm gonna go with davion mitchell um i think it's helping them win now that warriors bench was horrendous 
Um, I think it's a good backup guard to come in. And obviously he, he's a smart player, defensive guy and the Warriors, especially we saw with Wiseman this year, doesn't seem like they really have the patience for to develop a guy. Um, and Davion's probably one of the better guys in terms of most polished right now compared to the group of guys that are in this tier. Yeah, yes. I think that is um, honestly probably very likely to happen at seven. Um, Mitchell is... I, not even polarizing. It's like just all of draft Twitter doesn't like him and the mainstream really does. That's sort of how it is. Um, but I do think there's still a lot to like there. Uh, I was sort of higher on Mitchell and then March came around and everyone passed me by and I just sort of had to sit back and, uh, but, but he's a very good player and, and I'd be shocked if he's not an NBA player for at least a couple of years. Um, he, he makes smart decisions with the ball. He can always get two feet in the paint, plays good defense and, I think the shot is going to be really streaky, but I think there's, I think people are overrating pretending he's going to be a non-shooter. And I don't think that's the case. He might not shoot 44%, but I, I feel like some people act like, like this year was a pure, um, like a uh, fluke and, and it's, he, he's never going to be able to repeat anything close as a shooter. I think he may be a solid shooter, um, but stone is ready here with the wizard. So uh, stone, let it rip. Um, so with the 15th pick, I think the Wizards are going to select Usman Garuba. Um, I think the Wizards need uh, more defense, and it's, it's been evident the past couple of years. Um, and I think, and, you know, they already have a couple other forwards with Hachimura and, and Denny Avdia. But I think uh, throwing another one in there in, in Garuba, who's a really, really solid defender, um, really good passer. They need to go with best player available, I think, no matter who that is. And for me, that's Garuba right now. So that's sort of my rationale. Uh, so, so I know the pick, but I'm, I'm going to let you guys uh, uh, toss some stuff around about uh, Usman Garuba. Uh, Coop, how are you feeling about Usman? Uh, I really like Usman on the Wizards. Uh, I think adding him and Daniel Gafford makes a really interesting front court with whoever they decide to put at the three long-term uh, or even him and Rui. If you want to go kind of undersized, they have a lot of different, really interesting front court combinations. And I think he really unlocks a lot of what they want to try to do. If they can get him to space, I, I usually don't want to resort to like the shootings, the swing skill, but if he ends up in Washington next to Russell Westbrook, the shooting, it's a huge swing skill. He's not touching the floor if he can't shoot or roll like Gafford can. Yeah, I, I think that's that's fair. Um, I was going to recap the lottery, but uh, I, I forgot and messed up. So we'll just recap the top 20 when we get there. Uh, but the pick is in, and, and it took me 0.1 seconds to look at my board and know who I was going to pick. Um, this fit is, is really, really weird, uh, but I don't care. He's by far the best player on my board. Uh, with the 16th pick, the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to select Trey Mann. Um, Trey Mann is uh, one of the best guard scorers in this class, if not the best, like, pure guard scorer. Um, elite pull-up range, uh, pull-up accuracy, an elite handle. I think he generates more rim pressure than people give him credit for. Uh, really good pick-and-roll operator, uh, developing passer, how he fits next to Shea Gilgis-Alexander, I don't know. Uh, but honestly, I don't think that should factor too, too much into the decision um, because at this point, with three first-round picks, just take talent, get talent. Um, so so that's how I'm feeling here. I, I, I like that pick a lot. 
Um, Yosef, again, the Thunder are your team. So I'll let you take that. And then Cooper is ready with the Grizzlies. Uh, but Yosef, you, you go ahead first. No, I agree with what you said. I do think he's one of the best scoring guards in the draft. Um, I think the fit with Shea, I don't really care on it. You have to always consider fit, but the Thunder are very much in a situation where they want another like blue chip guy next to Shea. So they're going to keep swinging for the fences. Um, but I just don't, my only concern would be how he would play off ball. Uh, but other than that, like, I think Trey is almost a guarantee guy in the league. Like, I think for sure he's going to have a decent career, whether it's a backup or a lower tier starter. Yeah, I, uh, I I like that a lot. I'm, I'm happy that I got Kai and Trey, man. I didn't think there was any way to help, but I did. Stone is not happy. Uh, Cooper is up with the Grizzly. Uh, Cooper, go, go ahead. I did want to say that you all fell into my master trap here uh, with letting this guy fall to me at the Grizzlies. I think he's the perfect fit, uh, especially for their culture. Uh, and with the 17th pick in the NBA draft, the Memphis Grizzlies select Miles Deuce McBride out of WVU. That is, uh, that is perfect. Now, I'm going to have you explain your rationale, but uh, Davis, you're on the, you're on the clock now also with the thunder. Um, but Coop, tell us why, why you're feeling Deuce here at 17. Uh, well, I have Deuce with a mid lottery ranking on my board. I think he has probably the highest or second highest upside of anyone left as well as a higher floor, a much higher floor than the other guy who has high upside left. Uh, but I think that upside combined with the perfect fit next to John Morant and the rest of their core. And just as a culture guy, he fits into the grit and grind theme. And he's, I mean, if, if you know, if he was six, five, even he'd be the, like, he'd be the perfect player for this team, you know, a two-way guy who can get his own shot, but also play off the ball. What team doesn't want a guy like that, especially next to a creator like John Morant? It's yeah. just, I think that's a, that's a really interesting pick. Um, yeah. I, I like that a lot. Uh, Davis is ready with the thunder. Uh, Davis, go ahead. So uh, for the thunders pick the 18th pick in the NBA draft, um, I'm going to select center Alperin Sengun. Um, I don't think he'll really fall this far. So if he does, um, I think it's a pretty easy pick right here, especially because there's no really, really true future at the five spot. And unless you really like Moses Brown, but um, I think, I think it's a pretty, pretty obvious pick um, best player available and like fit wise. Should say Moses Brown is is a Celtic technically now, um, but Yosef, I would usually throw it to you oh, yeah. to, to talk about this, but uh, you're on the clocks with the Knicks, so um, I'll I'll take this and then I'm gonna throw it to Stone to get his opinion too, just really quickly. Uh, but you're on the clock with the Knicks at 19, um, so so I've made it known I'm lower on said goon, uh, but in real life the Thunder have been like heavily linked to. Um, Alperin, I even saw Yosef, I can't remember if it was from Thunder Film Room or his uh, other NBA account, um, tweeted that, like, it's it's a pretty, like, not well-kept secret. It's almost like Poku last year where it's just, it seems like the Thunder are going to end up with this kid. Um, I think there's actually a crazy chance that it's as high as six. Um, but at 18, I understand the value. Uh, they have a really fun draft class with, with Kai Jones, Trey Mann and Alperin Sengun, like talk about drafting different skill sets and just sort of 
figuring it out with with Poku and Shea Gilgis Alexander and uh, maybe Lou Dort. Uh, we'll see how how that goes. Uh, so that's an interesting pick. Um, Stone, do you have any have any thoughts on uh, Shin Gun? Um, I think you and me both are in agreement where we're not as high on singing. Um, but, you know, they do need a center and they need somebody to solidify their front court in a big body like Sangoon certainly does that. Uh, and his passing ability with Poku would be really interesting. So uh, it'd be fun to see how that works. But I know Yosef has his pick in, so we'll, we'll get to that for the Knicks. Yep, Yosef, take it away. Yeah, um, I had the Knicks taking big man Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky. Um, I have mixed feelings about Isaiah, but I think I struggled with this pick probably the most when I was looking at the uh, which picks I had. Um, but I think he's a good insurance guy if they don't want to pay Mitchell Robinson. Um, I do think he'll be able to develop more of an offensive game than he had at Kentucky. Um, it's just so hard with the Knicks because that's a, a big market team that doesn't fully want to develop a lot of young talent. They want to win now. Um I think Isaiah is probably one of the better players to go in and have more of an immediate impact. Um, I still think he has a ways to go development wise, but just in case, I think he's probably their best option in case they do lose Mitch Robinson. And even if they don't, they don't really have a big off the bench. So. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's a solid pickup, uh, especially sounds like a Tibbs guy. Um, Stone is up on the clock, the Hawks at 20. Uh, Cooper, I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, How do you feel about Isaiah Jackson here at 19? Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about Isaiah Jackson. Uh, I don't fully buy the shooting, but I can see how if you buy the shooting, then that's a really good pick. Um, I, I mean, it also depends on what they do with the rest of like Nerland's Noel and all that. But I, I think Isaiah Jackson is 28th on my board. And there are a lot of guys who I think have higher upside that could help the Knicks uh, ahead of him to me yeah i think that's fair um jackson is so tough i just i'm so bad at evaluating bigs and the micro skills that that separate like like a say like a charles bassey from a namias Keda. and that's obviously like isaiah jackson is way better as a prospect and probably even a player right now than both of those two but like like evaluating bigs is one of those things i'm still working myself through and uh, if Isaiah Jackson really hits defensively, he will return top 10 value from this draft class. I feel comfortable saying that if, if he really hits his defensive ceiling. So uh, I understand the pick there. Uh, not the one I would have made, but I, I, I don't mind it. And I think it makes a lot of sense uh, specifically for Tibbs. Um, Stone is up and ready. So uh, Stone, take it away. Yeah, um, I was actually hoping Yosef would go with another pick to make my pick easier, but he didn't. So we're going to go with a, a weird fit here. but. Um, we're going to go with Sharif Cooper for the Hawks. Um, I think it's just really, really good value at this point. Um, they have struggled in the past to have like a solidified backup point guard that can uh, manipulate uh, opponents defenses. Um, <clears throat> I think Sharif provides that uh, long term. I'm not sure if him and Trey Young can share the court together um, because both of them really need the ball in their hands to be effective. Um, although Trey Young is such a good shooter that he might be able to play more off ball than I'm giving him credit for. But I think <clears throat> having two guys that like are elite, elite playmakers is really, really interesting. Um, and, you know, even if they don't, both don't start together necessarily, it gives the the Hawks another just dynamic pairing there. 
Yeah, as a pure value play, I really like that. Um, so I, I'm on the clock with the Knicks at 21. But before we do that, um, I'm going to recap the top 20. And then while I think about who I'm going to pick with the Knicks, you guys can sort of talk about uh, whether or not there's anything that sort of sticks out. So at one, uh, Cade Cunningham to the Detroit Pistons at two. The Houston Rockets took Evan Mobley at three. The Cleveland Cavaliers took Jalen Green at four. The Toronto Raptors took Jalen Suggs at five. The Orlando Magic took Moses Moody at six. The Oklahoma City Thunder took Kai Jones at seven. The Golden State Warriors took Zaire Williams at eight. The Magic picking again took Jonathan Kaminga at nine. The Sacramento Kings took Scotty Barnes at 10. The New Orleans Pelicans took Jared Butler at 11. The Charlotte Hornets took Josh Giddy. At 12, the San Antonio Spurs took Franz Wagner. At 13, the Indiana Pacers took James Booknight. Uh, at 14, the Golden State Warriors took Davion Mitchell. At 15, the Washington Wizards took Usman Garuba. Uh, at 16, the Oklahoma City Thunder took Trey Mann. At 17, the Memphis Grizzlies took Deuce Miles McBride. Or Miles Deuce McBride, I should probably say that right. Um, at 18, the Oklahoma City Thunder took Alperin Shengun. Uh, at 19, uh, the New York Knicks took Isaiah Jackson. And at 20, the Atlanta Hawks took Shreve Cooper. Um, Stone, I'm going to throw it to you first. Is there anything in that top 20 that really stands out? Uh, and I'm on the clock with the Knicks. So, Yeah, um, it stands out how much you hate me for taking Trey Mann and Kai Jones that early. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I think both of those were good picks. Um, I actually really like Scotty Barnes. Like I said, the Kings, that one is one I really, really like. Franz Wagner makes a lot of sense for the for the Spurs as well for the reasons you guys mentioned. Um, so this would probably be the, the big standouts for me early on. Yeah, Yosef, uh, uh, do you have any thoughts? Just all, all you could probably hit on it, um, and then I'll, I'll take my next pick. So uh, No, Yosef, uh, I agree with everything you said. Um, I was between Sharif or Isaiah. Um, I think Sharif is a guy that – if he's six three, he's a top eight guy in this draft. Um, obviously, he's not. Uh, but as you say, I think he puts pressure on the rim. Um, the only concern would be the the pairing with him and Trey. As you said, I don't know if that could be a long term thing. But in terms of having a guard off bench for this next season, I think it's probably their best option. Unless you wanted to go more of a a veteran route in Chris Dorte, you know, good old 24 year old. But other than that, um, I think it's probably the best pick, especially with the value you get. Yeah. Coop, is there anything that stands out to you? Uh, the biggest thing is I think that as much as I dislike the Warriors uh, potentially taking Davy on at seven, taking him at 14, I think would be, and like, I think he's a good fit. I just don't agree with drafting him as high as seven. So I think taking him at 14 after getting a, a high upside guy is like a really smart play for them because Davion will be something for them. He is going to be better than like 60% of the guys who played on that team this season. Uh, so I think that that like the, the pairing that they, that the Warriors have gotten as much as it pains me as a Rockets fan is really interesting. Interesting. Uh, Davis, any thoughts on the top 20 before we move on? Um, I, I mean, I like the top 20. Uh, there's a, like two or three guys I'm surprised um, haven't, got, haven't got taken, but I'm sure they'll be gone soon. But um, I like, I, I like Miles McBride to, to the Grizzlies. It's one of, my, one of my favorite ones. I'm a big deuce guy. So. Uh, but 
but yeah, I, I, it's go, it's going good so far. Um, just just some surprises that are that are still left. Yeah, there's I, when I was looking through my board, I had some surprises too, and and it shows you how different uh, any sort of mock draft with more than one person is from your what your big board looks like. Because I still have, um, uh, let me see, one, two, three, four guys I have lottery grades on still yet to be picked. Um, so I had some interesting options here at 21 with the Knicks. Um, but in the end, it came down to a little bit of who I thought fit best with this roster, who gave, who will give this team what they don't have right now. Um, so at 21, the New York Knicks are going to select Jaden Springer. Uh, Jaden Springer is a big guard, um, six, four, uh, and, and really strong. And also one of the youngest players in the class, um, generate some rim pressure can maybe run a good pick and roll had really good shooting splits on low volume just a really interesting bet to sort of be able to mold into whatever you want and also one of the only like really young players with maybe a shot to get minutes under Tibbs because he does play really good defense um so so that was my pick with the Knicks uh Coop you were on the board at 22 with the Lakers he is already ready uh rushing to the podium uh but before I do that I want to ask you Yosef you took Isaiah Jackson uh, at 19, how do you feel about uh, Jaden Springer at 21? I actually really like it. Um, as you said, I think Jaden's one of those guys that Tibbs might actually play. Um, and I think he actually has a pretty high ceiling if he gets there. Um, obviously, the question is if he gets there. But, I mean, he's a tier three, borderline tier three, tier four talent to me. Um, for the value, though, at 21, I, it's one of those things where I just don't – him and maybe two other guys that still no one's taken. I think he's one of those that like you, you almost have to take him just because the value at that number is pretty insane. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. There, there's, there's a couple of guys who I'm interested to see if they'll fall to me, uh, but Cooper is very ready to select the 22. So Coop, go ahead. Don't let stone down. Uh, though he is not the highest left on my board with the 22nd pick in the NBA draft, the Los Angeles Lakers select Trey Murphy, the third out of Virginia. Oh, I wanted him so bad. Uh, go. Uh, so, so Davis, you're on the clock with the Rockets, Coop's Rockets. Um, but Coop, I'll ask you first. Uh, I'll ask you first. Uh, how, how do you, how do you feel about uh, this Trey Murphy fit? And then I'll have stone comment on that. And then, and then we'll get to Davis at 23. Uh, so I think Trey Murphy is just like the Lakers lacked a lot of shooting. Uh, I feel like that's fair to say if they lacked anything, it was the shooting. And I think Trey Murphy doesn't just add that. He adds the kind of shooting that you really want out of someone who is a specialist, which is not just versi- like semi-versatile shooting, but the ability to capitalize on his own gravity. And he has the smarts to do so. Uh, I, I couldn't pick someone who was a project just with the state that the Lakers are in, you know, after winning a championship. But I I do think that Trey Murphy is, you know, about as good as you're going to get at this stage in the draft for someone who can come in and actually contribute to, uh, to a team that's looking to win a chip. Yeah. um, I, I like this pick. I'm not probably as high on Trey Murphy as, as um, Bryce is, I know, but, I think it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, they need three and D type guys. Um, they they honestly need a lot, and I think that kind of gets underrated. Like they they actually need a lot of work, even though they have like two top five guys. The surrounding roster is just not there. Um, so Trey Murphy on a rookie contract certainly helps. Um, <clears throat> and you know, defensively, perimeter defense is 
pretty much the Lakers calling card at this point. Um, and you can't have enough of them. Uh, and then obviously, as Cooper mentioned, the shooting is a, a big factor for them. Whenever you have a LeBron James team, you need to surround him with shooters. Uh, and Trey Murphy provides that in high volume and uh, high quality. So it, it makes a lot of sense here. And I can't be mad with it. Yeah, uh, Murphy was one of the guys who 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 I mentioned as, as the, one of the four lottery guys not yet taken. Um, but Davis, uh, you are ready with the Rockets. So so let us hear it. Yeah, so I, I would have went different if. Green went at two, but um, since since it was Mobley with the 23rd pick, um, the Houston Rockets select Cam Thomas. Um, I think he's probably one of the one of the best scorers, um, if not the best scorer um, in, in the draft. He scores, he's really good at hitting uh, contested shots. Um, and just with Mobley already there, Mobley would KPJ, and then you just add another score in, in Cam Thomas. The guard defense would be a little little bit of a problem, but the uh, you would have Moby right there and, and Wood, who's not who's not terrible. So I like to pick there a lot with, with Cam. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's an interesting value play depend, uh, considering who went it to. Uh, I'm going to let Cooper come on, comment on that. But first, uh, Yosef. Yosef is picking at 24 with the Rockets. He's a Thunder fan, so, so you're not allowed to screw him over on purpose. But uh, Coop, let us, hear, let us hear your thoughts on Cam Thomas at 23. Uh, so Cam Thomas... Uh, I mean, if you're just going by real bucket getters and uh, and hoopers, not basketball players, then he's obviously the pick here. But I do really like that fit, especially with Mobley there to erase any of his mistakes and just able to provide some bench offense uh, in a way that the roster kind of lacked last year. Even when fully healthy, there were moments when, you know, you, you could always have a guy who can get his own shot, especially when you have John Wall trying to do that exact thing and failing often. So I, I do really like the pick here. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Cam Thomas is, is a really interesting person to pair next to KPJ because like Kevin Porter Jr. is the ultimate advantage creator. I feel like, like one of the best advantage creators in the league with his handle athleticism and, and uh, range as a shooter. Um, and Cam Thomas isn't really an advantage creator, but he's the type of scorer who doesn't need any advantage to score. He just does it. So It'd be a really interesting, like, long-term backcourt of this guy who's going to break the paint all the time, or or force teams to to sprint over screens to keep him off his step back, and just a dude who who you don't have to guard like that, but will just hit it over you anyways. So uh, I I really like that. Um, Joseph, are you ready with the twenty-fourth pick? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I struggled with this one just because I feel like Houston's philosophy towards like rebuilding and wanting to compete again is a lot is way different than my philosophy um but i ended up taking jalen johnson um i think he's a guy who has a low floor but a tremendous high upside um and obviously i just don't think houston's competing anytime soon the fit obviously gets a little difficult because you have mobley you have wood and then jalen johnson he's not a good enough shooter yet to be able to just put him at the three really and be confident um, but I do think he's a smart player. I think he's been a bit overly criticized just from his time in Duke. Uh, but he's a guy that I would love to see, say, in two to three years now. I think he's a gamble guy, just like another gamble guy they have in KPJ. Um, and whenever you have teams like Houston and like Oklahoma City, like I think these guys should definitely be taking like swing for the fences type players. And Johnson at 24 is like pretty good value, in my opinion. I think he's a if everything hits, like I think he could be a top 15 talent in this draft. 
Yeah, I think um, this is tremendous value for Jalen Johnson this late. Uh, I, like come draft night, he's probably going to go like top 15, I would think, or in that range thereabouts. Um, <clears throat> it is a little funky fit with, you know, the other two bigs that they have there. But, um, I mean, that's a really, really dynamic trio of bigs. Um, like you, you're getting so many different skill sets with any three of them or any two of them on the court at once. Um, so that's it. It just gives them a lot of different looks, and I actually really, really like this pick here. Yeah. Uh, so Stone is on the clock with the Clippers at twenty-five. Um, I'm gonna hit on it really quickly, and then I oh, do want to hear Cooper gave, again. Oh, go ahead. Davis. You gave Stone. You gave Stone the Clippers. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I gave I gave Yosef the Rockets. So uh, and, and Cooper the Warriors. I, I feel bad. I didn't even notice Yosef. Do you have a pick that's the Thunder at all? You. Yosef, you have 34. the fourth pick. There you go. There you go. Uh, Most important pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really – the franchise hinges on that 34th pick. So uh, so, so, be ready. Um, Coop, just really quickly, uh, how do you feel about Jalen Johnson at 24? Uh, I'm not a big fan of Jalen Johnson, personally. Uh, not a big fan of Duke guys in general, but uh, specifically Jalen Johnson. I, I don't like – I'm not like these uh, – the NCAA old heads, like, oh, he doesn't try. I, you know, <laughs> like that is ridiculous. But uh, there was somebody who's still lottery on my board, and uh, kind of sad he didn't get taken here. He's he's one of my one of my main guys, but I'm not upset about it. Not upset about it at all. <laughs> I will be I will be fascinated to see if he goes at 26 to to the Nuggets. Um, we'll, oh, he's we'll, definitely going to, at 26 to the Nuggets. Thank <laughs> you. We yeah. will see. We will see. I just think everyone's favorite players. Stone, like I'll be I'll be shocked if Stone talks to me uh, until we record our next pod. This I might be getting the cold shoulder until tomorrow. Stone, take it, Stone, <laughs> take it please. <laughs> Stone, uh, are you ready at 25 with the Clippers? Uh, no, you're not allowed to stay. Dayron Sharp, so. Okay, in that case, I'll take Austin Reeves. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so uh, with the 25th pick, I'm really at, like, my heart says to go with the guy that I know Cooper wants me to take. Um, and, you know, I don't want to let Bryce get him because of the dirty he's done me so far. But uh, I'm trying to be a good person here and, and keep the Clippers' best interest in, uh, in perspective. So I'm going to go with Bones Highland here at 25. Um, I think he can provide a lot of what they need. Uh, we talked about it on a, on a podcast um, not long ago with NBA Draft Scouting about how <clears throat> Reggie Jackson like um, is probably not going to repeat that same playoff performance. Like that's probably the best basketball of his life. It's hard to um, bank on him repeating that sort of performance. And I think Bones offers a lot of what Reggie Jackson sort of did in this playoffs where um, you get really, really deep range. You can space the floor a lot with him out there. Um, he can create his own shot when others can't. So I, I think, you know, as much as I wanted to take the other guy, I think Bones really makes a lot of sense for the Clippers here, um, more so than the, the other guy I like. So I'm going to take Bones. All right. That, uh, I, I'm going to let, I'm gonna let uh, you guys talk a little bit about Bones. I want to hear Davis's opinion because I think that's another guy he really likes. I'm on the board at 26 of the Nuggets. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on me because you're all like, don't take this guy. And like, I know who I'm going to take. Like, I, I have the pick ready. I just, I don't know if he's that guy that you guys are thinking of. So, so we'll see. Uh, Davis, how do you feel about uh, uh, Bones to the Clippers? 
I, I definitely like Bones um, to the Clippers. Uh, I, I think I know which guy they're talking about, too. Um, and I'll probably take him if he falls. But um, I, I like Bones a lot. They need, like like Stone said, Reggie Jackson's probably not going to do that again. I, really, I don't know if he'll even – I don't think he'll he'll resign there. He'll probably he'll probably get a deal somewhere else. But um, Bones gives you that that shot creating three point shooting. Um, he's not really the I guess like a crazy facilitator, but I think he he's at least better than than what they have outside of of Paul George and and Kawhi. So I, I really like the pick there. Um, but. I'm I'm really surprised too that that Stone actually helped the Clippers a, a good bit there. Um, you're forgetting the elite facilitating of Rajon Rondo. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. But he he plays like six minutes. I don't know why, but uh, yeah, that's uh, we, we won't <laughs> dive into to the Clippers playoff struggles. Um, so with the 26th pick, uh, the Denver Nuggets are going to select uh, a, a player from Auburn. Uh, oh. and, and he uh, is it, his last name is that of a Marvel character, um, Steve Rogers. No, I'm kidding. Uh, JT Thor. Uh, JT Thor is the pick. Uh, run up yep. to the podium and, and pick JT Thor. Uh, there's actually another guy I would have considered here, um, but this is the pick I knew would make Stone and Cooper mad, so I decided to do it. Um, I would have considered someone else, but uh, I think he's going to be there uh, when I pick again at 31. So I'll 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 save my ammo. Uh, JT Thor, just a, an elite athlete, probably the best lateral mover in the class. Um, him and Jokic would be uh, just, I mean, French kiss, like chef's kiss, excuse me. I mean, French kiss, they could do that too. I don't, I don't care, but <laughs> chef's kiss, uh, like perfect on offense. And then also he gets to just cover up for a lot of Jokic's deficiencies, uh, probably a couple years away from being a, a real heavy contributor. But uh, to me, this was the obvious selection. Uh, Cooper is on the board with the Nets. Stone, I'm going to let you uh, uh, rant and be mad at me if you're there. And and uh, if not, uh, Yosef can do it. So, Yeah, um, I'm not sure <laughs> what I did to you to deserve this. Um, this is, I mean, to make JT Thor go to the Nuggets and French kiss, uh, Jokic is... <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's pretty brutal, and then it's pretty much just like rubbing the pick. God, uh, this this is this is I should have expected this. I didn't, but I should have. Um, yeah, to the all handsome teens. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We were on a live show with Cooper Stone and I, and we spent like a solid eight minutes talking about this year's like all handsome team. Uh, and and why train Trey man is clear all handsome first team uh, yeah and, and it's but not even in in all seriousness I think this is a really good pick it's probably I have him top 10 on my board um, which is pretty high for I think most people but it makes a lot of sense and they can they have the um, timeline and the, the patience to let him develop um, and get minutes you know and let him come along at his own pace so it makes a lot of sense it just it stings so. Yeah, I should also note that uh, the Nuggets are very good at, at uh, developing players. I mean, uh, they developed Michael Porter Jr., a player who has never once in his life played off the ball uh, into, like, the best off-ball player in the NBA. It's it's really nuts. Like, I trust them to turn JT Thor into, like, like an elite, elite cut. Like, Aaron Gordon, but more athletic. Like, because uh, Aaron, Aaron Gordon was not all that athletic this year. I think people overlook that, but... Uh, 
They couldn't develop Bulbul though for some reason. Well, uh, Bulbul <laughs> also weighs uh, less than me and is and is nine inches taller than I am. So uh, we we won't we won't delve into that. Cooper, are you ready at twenty seven with the Nets? Yeah, I am. And as sad as I am that you took uh, JT Thor from me, uh, I'm really tempted to go with my guy here, but I know that that's that's a bad decision. So with the 27th pick in the NBA draft, the Brooklyn Nets will select Keon Johnson out of Tennessee. That one doesn't. I thought you were going to take someone that would really hurt me, and I, and I think he might make it through this gauntlet. Uh, we'll see. I don't think Davis takes him. Uh, We'll, we'll see, but uh, my guy is not gone. Uh, Davis, you are on the clock here at 28 with the 76ers. Um, Yosef, how are you feeling about the Nets taking Keon Johnson, and, and how are you feeling about Keon Johnson falling this far in the draft? Well, the value at 27, I think, is insane. Like, even if the Nets don't really have any plans to keep their pick, if, like, Keon Johnson falls at 27, you draft him, and that value, like, very rarely is the pick worth more after you make a draft pick. But, like, I think Keon Johnson after, like, you could really get someone that you want to obviously have an immediate impact. Um, in terms of, like, Keon, for Keon Johnson, I don't know if I'd like the Nets the most because I think he needs to go somewhere where he can really develop because I think he's another one of those guys where it's, you know, low floor but really good upside if he gets there. Um, him getting there, I think there's probably, like, less than a 10% chance. But he's one of those guys that just has so much talent that it's hard to say no to. Yeah, I agree. I, I think we sort of underrate Keon Johnson as a shot maker in the mid-range. Um, and I think that's actually where a lot of his uh, upside comes from, is that he's a really, really solid mid-range scorer. Um, and I, I think I think he could shoot eventually. And even if he doesn't, like, he doesn't need to if he's going to play minutes on this Nets team because, I mean, Bruce Brown uh, exists. And, and he, you know, he could maybe beat Bruce Brown if, if he buys into that. So, uh, yeah, I, I like that pick as a pure value play too. It's, I, it, it's, I'm, I'd be hard pressed to say he's not the best player on the board at this point. Um, aside, aside from someone else, but uh, I won't say that name because I want him at 31. Uh, Davis, are you ready at 28 with the 76ers? I am. I am. Um, with the 28th pick in the NBA draft, the 76ers select Corey Kispert. Um, I don't think he'll fall once again this far, but uh, a probably ready guy um, to to come in day one and, and contribute in in shooting at least, uh, which which I think the Seventy Sixers could use um, just just wing depth too. So I, I, I like I like Kisper here to the to the Seventy Sixers if he so happens to fall this far. I completely forgot Corey Kisper was on the board. I like absolutely had zero idea. Um, Yosef, you are you are up at twenty nine with the Suns. Uh, you'll have a couple minutes. Uh, Stone, oh yeah, yeah. Don't uh, don't let Davis down. He he's he's already about to be let down by them tonight uh, when the Bucks win Game Six. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, you're just on it. You're know, on here today. today. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Sure, today, my friend. My parents' dog got all shaved, so now it looks funny. You know, it's it's a weird thing to come home to. So, so, so anyways, uh, Stone, how are you feeling about Corey Kisper? Yeah, so on that note, um, <laughs> I think he fits the Sixers. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so dumb. <laughs> we are, we've been here for a solid hour at this point. So, <laughs> I mean, let's, 
and, and we're not even done with the first round. So, I mean, we're strapped in. This is this is the long haul. I just talked about a shaved labradoodle. So, <laughs> and so wake up. <laughs> Can't stop laughing. So we won't analyze Corey Kispert to the 76 that much. He's he's a very good shooter with very nice hair. Um, I, I wish he would grow the mustache back. Uh Yosef is ready with the 29th pick. So uh let us hear it. Who did the Suns take? Um, with this one, it's just it's a guy I'm not super high on, but I think it's what the Suns need. Um, and that's Chris Dorte. Uh, I don't think they'll be able to afford to keep campaign. I think he's played himself into a decent bag um especially with all the other money financial stuff they're gonna have to give out this summer and next summer um and obviously we know chris he's the he's the vet of the draft um he's probably gonna be the vet of the locker room wherever he goes uh but he's a guy who honestly i don't see any weaknesses in his game i know he's not a true one um but just seeing how the suns develop d book into more of a playmaker and creator for others i think they could do the same with him and he's a guy that i think has instant impact in terms of their title aspirations and they're content wanting to contend and i think he's a pretty good guy to just come off the bench and also just be able to learn from guys like chris paul yeah i i like that pick you know it's funny you bring up d book because i'm pretty sure uh chris Duarte is older than devin booker so no no i'm kidding um but uh uh stone is up at 30 with the jazz um stone don't you dare I know you're going to do something mean. I, it's either you're going to take my guy or you're going to take someone who I hate in Utah. So I, like, I, I'm just prepared. Um, but I want to throw it to, to Coop to talk about uh, Duarte for a second. Um, Duarte is old, but he is very good at basketball. So, so do you like that fit here uh, with the uh, soon-to-be finals runners-up uh, Phoenix Suns? Or, uh, or, or is there something else you would have done? Uh. I think Duarte on my personal board for the Rockets is 57th because he's 24. And that's mainly for the meme because he is 24. But I really don't want the Rockets to take him. But I think it's a good pick here for the Suns. Uh, It seems kind of on brand for them to take an old guy. Uh, I wish they had taken someone more random, like, you know, to really fit in on the brand. But (laughs) I think Duarte Duarte is a really nice pick here and will really be able to do something on, like, one uh, Jalen Smith, who I'm still upset, went over my guy, uh, Devin Vassell. I cannot believe they took Jalen Smith at 10th overall last year. I had Jalen Smith in the in lottery, but like at 10, when you have DeAndre Ayton, I'm still like, like honestly, like it feels not real. Like I cannot believe that was the selection yeah. they made when Devin Vassell was on the board. Uh, and as was Tyrese Halburn, I think so. Yeah. Uh, Davis, how do you feel about your sons taking uh, the old head of the draft, Chris Duarte? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not mad about it. Uh, he, he would probably come in day one, like you also said, and, and produce at least bring, bring something to the table. Uh, my first option is Miles McBride, is if he falls that far, of course. But um, second option is someone that that's not off the board yet, but I'm higher on him, so I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think we'll, we'll really take him. Um, but yeah, I, I like Duarte here. He would, he would be able to produce, especially off the bench. And and uh, I do think campaign is is likely gone as well. So it'd be a good replacement. Yeah, I I think that's a smart it's a smart pick. A real question is, Yosef, uh, is Chris Duarte a hooper or a basketball player? I'm gonna have to go basketball player just because he's like a senior citizen. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, could you guys imagine if we just like went and played with some middle schoolers tomorrow? Like, you know? 
I'm I'm, t- I'm tearing them up with the post moves is what you're saying just, definitely you know what's, I'm, what's funny is I'm coaching middle schoolers and I will absolutely run them because there's only nine players on the team so it means I got to be the fifth for scrimmages and oh I'm pulling from 30 every time uh no but uh in all seriousness uh Stone are you ready at 30 with Utah Jazz I am. Um, and as much as I wanted to, uh, you know, make this a bad pick for you because you're a jazz fan, I'm going to do the right thing and be the bigger man and take um, Kessler Edwards here at number 30. I think he really fits with them. They need, they need perimeter defenders and he obviously offers that, um, gives them another shooter to run alongside Bogdanovich or Ingles, whichever one. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, is still, uh, I think he's a guy who could come in from like day one and contribute and give them a lot. Um, so I really like this pick here for them in my unbiased opinion. Yeah. Uh, so I ha- I'm picking 31 with the Bucks at um, at, at uh, with the Bucks at 31. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, I will say I was like, I didn't know how to feel when he said Kessler Edwards because I wanted Kessler Edwards, but also the Jazz get Kessler Edwards. So I- I'm a happy man. Uh, Yosef, uh, let me know how you feel about Kessler Edwards to the Jazz while I uh, deliberate on what the Bucks should do. I like it. Um, I think it's a guy that fits the Jazz's like profile. They don't really go for these super uh, high ceiling guys. I think Kessler Edwards is pretty much a guarantee in the league. Um, and also, it seems like they want to move some wings. So I actually think like he could get a decent amount of playing time his rookie year there, um, especially like say ninth or tenth man off the bench. Um, and I think they have one of the best developmental teams in the league that doesn't get enough credit. Um, and I think that's where he would probably thrive the most out of like the current teams right now. All right. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm sort of ready to make this pick. It's really interesting because the Bucks are one of those teams that I think should be picking for need, but every player that I like that fills that need is gone. Um, like there's like just one of uh, bones or deuce or you know i knew jared butler wouldn't fall but or even like i thought maybe davion could fall in this mock like none of those guys have fallen uh they there is no sort of shooting like scoring guard um so i'm gonna take someone who is actually probably gonna end up being more of a project someone who isn't gonna help immediately but it's just the value here is just crazy uh so with the 31st pick the bucks are gonna select josh primo from alabama uh, not the flashiest pick, but he is the youngest player in the draft has some upside with his athleticism, but is also just a really solid decision maker and defender at that age while also having, you know, the measurements to be a true wing. So I'm comfortable with that pick. Uh, Cooper has the 32nd pick with the Knicks. Um, Stone, how are you feeling about Josh Primo to the Bucks? Um, I think that's a really good pick. You know, I think he actually can help them out early on um, just because of the, the need he feels like we're seeing right now with, with DiVincenzo out for them. They're really relying heavily on um, Pat Connington and they could, they could use somebody else in that sort of archetype. Uh, and I think Primo brings that with a, a bit more defense too. Um, really good two-way player, super young. So um, even though he has a bit of a ways to go project-wise, he feels a need for them. So I get this pick, and I actually like it. Well, thank you. That means a lot. Um, yeah, I just think Primo, like, like, oh, I just – I want Nashawn Highland on this team so bad. Uh, I need him on – I don't even like the Bucks, Like, I don't care, but I need 
Nashawn Highland, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis on the Kupo lineups like expeditiously. Like that would be like like the switchability and and the shooting next to Giannis uh, would be incredible. Uh, Cooper, are you feeling ready with the thirty second pick here? Uh, yeah, you ruined my my pick by taking the wrong Josh. Um, but I, I'm gonna go with who I think you should have picked there. With the 32nd pick in the NBA draft, the Knicks select guard Josh Christopher out of Arizona State. Yeah, I uh, I thought about Christopher. It was between those two. I just I trust Primo more as a shooter, and I feel like that was the better fit. I have them in the same tier. Uh, so Coop, uh, actually Davis, you're on the clock with the Magic again. Uh, but Coop, tell us why you took Josh Christopher for the Knicks. Uh, I think his two-way potential is really intriguing. I don't know if he's going to play immediately, but he's the kind of guy who could really uh, develop into the two most important archetypes uh, for the Knicks and in basketball, real bucket getter and defender. Uh, He's really just, he's insanely athletic. He's ridiculously strong. Uh, Definitely, at least on the all-handsome second team. Uh, And I think that this is really a great pickup for the Knicks. Uh, who could really uh, get some more guard depth. Yeah, I, I like that pick there. Um, definitely. Someday we're going to have to have Cooper on. This will be an off-season pod, but we will break down uh, the all-handsome, the 2020-21. The 2021 draft, all-handsome teams, um, and, and Josh Christopher definitely has an argument for uh, for that two-guard spot on the second team. Uh, Davis is ready. So, Davis, let's hear it. 33 with the Magic. All right, so at 33, um, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. The Orlando Magic select Vrenz Blyenberg. That is uh, that is our boy. Uh, when he gets drafted, I will cry like physical tears. Um, but I, I like that pick. I think he makes some sense in Magic Land where uh, they only like forwards. Uh, if you're not above 6'6", they just simply will not draft you. Um, so, Yosef, you were on the clock with your team. Finally, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Stone, tell us how you're feeling about Friends to the Magic. Um, you know, just to hear Friends' name is awesome. <clears throat> uh, I, I think it's it's such a weird team, the Magic. Um, and, you know, having him and, like, Chuma Okiki uh, and Jonathan Isaac and Moses Moody on the floor together is, like, the craziest thing. Um, they have so many, like, nice young guys, and Friends is just another one. Uh, and I think, you know, this is, um, to me, he's like worthy of a late first. So this is about the range I would take him as well. Um, <clears throat> hopefully he goes this high draft night. Uh, but, you know, this is definitely a very magic pick and makes a lot of sense. What I, what I love about this pick for the magic is that we will absolutely get to see some point brands, uh, which is which is all I need in my life. Uh, imagine them running out a lineup of like RJ Hampton, Kaminga, friends. Moses Moody and Jonathan Isaac or like Wendell Carter Jr. I know Stone loves Wendell uh, or just friends call Anthony and Wendell Carter Jr. on one team together. Like Stone is no longer a Lakers fan in, the, in this beating heart in this, in this alternate reality we've created. Uh, Stone is, is booking tickets to Orlando as we speak. Uh, it's a gorgeous place. I mean, Disney world, it, it's, it's as good as it gets. Uh, so anyways, Yosef, uh, are you, are you feeling ready with your team? Yeah, um, I thought I really thought Renz was gonna make it to me, uh, but I'm gonna have OKC taking BJ Boston. Uh, 
he's very much the old OKC archetype, long, lengthy guy, athletic, um, had a, honestly, a disappointing year at Kentucky. Um, this was a guy coming into the year. I think a lot of, especially mainstream media draft people had high, high hopes for him. Um, and I think he's just another guy for them, a, a big swing for the fences type of guy. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't know if OKC really keeps either of these picks. Cause I firm believer they consolidate them and they take friends, um, friends is already a thunder Twitter legend. Uh, but in terms of just value at that pick, I think BJ's definitely matches what they're looking for um, in terms of just pure possible talent and ceiling. I don't think they're really going to look at, at much at a guy like for fit or anything like that. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a solid pick. Uh, Stone, you are on the clock with the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, BJ Boston was second on my board coming into this season. Uh, I thought I didn't think he was anywhere close to Kate. Like I had Cade. Clearly, he wasn't in my top tier. He was in my second tier. Um, no one in the top tier. And then below him, it was like BJ. Uh, I had Rocco up there from the beginning of the year. Like guys like that. I was lower on Evan Mobley uh, out of high school. Uh, so he had a rough season at Kentucky. Uh, the shooting dip like is really bad. Uh, I know that's like a weird thing to hit on, uh, but he's really going to have to fix that because he likes to drop it like all the way to his knees and sort of do a big wind up into a shot. You, you can't get away with that in the NBA, but there's so much talent there that if you're the thunder at 34, just, just do it. Just, just take that player, you know, worst case, you just drafted Terrence Ferguson 2.0 and, and there's worse things in this world. Uh, I still believe in Terrence Ferguson. I'll say I, uh, I do too. I own a Jersey sadly. Yeah. So <laughs> he is an NBA player somewhere. I don't know where, but he is an NBA player. Uh, Stone, are you feeling ready with the New Orleans Pelicans? <laughs> I'll take that as a no. Um, <laughs> so uh, back to so back to friends really quickly. That's okay. Uh, he has three minutes. I the timer on my computer is not resetting easily, so I've been keeping it on my phone. And yes, he still has like two minutes. We're not, we've been getting through these picks, and we've still been here an hour. So that that kind of shows you uh, how how this sort of thing goes. Uh, Stone is ready. Stone, let's hear it. Who, who are you taking for New Orleans? All right. Um, I'm going to take one of my guys, but actually this is exactly where I have him on my board. So I'm going to go with Rokas Yokobetis here for the Pelicans. Um, <clears throat> I think the, Pel or the Pelicans have so many picks that they're going to have to eventually uh, stash some of them if they, don't, if they don't make any trades. So I think he makes a lot of sense here as the best draft or draft and stash guy available. <clears throat> I think he, um, like I was saying with uh, Jared Butler, I think Yokobetis can actually play both guard positions, um, probably more point guard, but, you know, long-term, I think um, being able to hit guys off the movement, like I said, he's probably one of the best movement passers in this class and him and him and Zion Williamson would be a lot of fun, I think, uh, as a combo. So this is where I'm going to go with it. Um, but we'll see if they you know, actually keep all of these second round picks there. I cannot believe that uh, Stone somehow managed to get Rokasiokabitis and Jared Butler on the same team. Uh, it's truly a miracle. I could do something. I'm on the clock here at 36, and I could do something really, really mean. Um, and, uh, uh, but I, I won't because he's not as high on my board as he is on Stone's. Um, but I absolutely could. Uh, I could. Now I kind of want to. I could like make Stone just leave the chat if I did it, but I won't. Uh, I have the pick already. 
he he's the highest player left on my board. It's sort of an unconventional one, and the Thunder are in a weird spot where they don't like a player like this doesn't necessarily make sense for them. But he's the last player I have with a first round grade, uh, and that's Matt Mitchell. Uh, Matt Mitchell is my guy uh, from San Diego State University. Uh, not someone who is who has seen it all in this range anywhere, but he's six seven really strong and and shoots really well makes good decisions with the ball it is a pretty solid ball handler finisher just someone who i think has really gone like sort of slipped through the cracks um and with the thunder you know he's just another piece that you can just sort of mix in and see what he does uh, maybe he's the type of player who you show him off early because he's nba ready and then you trade him at the peak of his value and, and if that's what you do that's fine that you're you know you're the thunder you're known for trading um so, Yosef, I will let you sort of uh, give your take on, on Matt Mitchell. I, I doubt he would have been your pick here, uh, but just so everyone knows, Cooper is up next with the Detroit Pistons. So, Yosef, go ahead. No, he's one, of, as you said, he's one of those guys that I think he's more NBA ready than others. Um, definitely a lower ceiling, super strong. He's not, as for a forward, he's only what, six, 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 seven. So, he's not super long, not super tall, which is not something OKC goes for much. But I think he's one of those guys like, at his ceiling, he's one of those really important role players that can help you win games. Um, he does the dirty work. He's a smart player. Um, I think he will need to improve defensively to have a real like, long-term career in the NBA. But I, I like him as a prospect. I don't like him for the Thunder, but I do like him as a prospect. Yeah, I, I should say I don't love him for the Thunder, but my other player that's still a first-rounder is a guard, and I thought with Trey Mann and Shea Gildas-Alexander, just, I mean, get get as many wings and forwards in the building as humanly possible and figure it out from there. I mean, if Matt Mitchell never touches the core or never touches the floor, but Brandon Boston Jr. turns into, like, a sub-all-star, like, this was a solid second round. So just get as many wings into the floor or into, into the building as possible and see where it goes. Uh, Cooper, are you feeling ready at 37 with the Pistons? I think I know who the pick is going to be, but I'll let you. Oh, okay. I'm I'm going slightly off brand here. I know I know I'm I'm not known for going off brand ever, but uh, with the 37th pick in the NBA draft, the Detroit Pistons select Isaiah Todd from the NBA G League Ignite. Interesting. Uh, so Davis is up next with the Bulls, but but Coop, give us give us the the Isaiah Todd spiel. Uh, I think Isaiah Todd has the highest upside of anybody left. Uh, just an incredible score for his size at 6'10", even though he doesn't have too many moves. Uh, you hope the fact that he has a couple of moves mastered means that he can add a few more with real NBA coaching. Uh, and, you know, you got to believe in the length, uh, the game winner. You, you know, he just, he is really athletic. And I think it's kind of like, the way I look at him is like, a slightly lesser version of how I looked at Jaden McDaniels last year, where it's like people are sleeping on him because he went down on boards, you know, since high school, but he still has skill. And just the fact that he isn't a top five prospect anymore doesn't mean he's not good. Uh, and I think even though the Pistons have way too many bigs, I think he's the, the guy who's most worthy of a shot here in the second round. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. Um, Isaiah Todd is just is just he's one of the more moldable players, and that's sort of what you get when you have, uh, you know, when you're forward sized and you shoot and have some movement skills. It's just like a team can sort of make you what they want, 
And I think the Pistons are a perfect spot for him. Uh, get him next to Kate Cunningham, who's just going to get him the ball in the right spot. And I believe they played together before. Uh, I know Cade played with the Texas Titans with Greg Brown. Or no, I think you Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes and Isaiah Todd are on the same AAU team when they did EYBL, excuse me. Uh, but still, nonetheless, Isaiah Todd, interesting pick. Uh, Davis, are you ready here with the Bulls? I right, am. Uh, so it's the 38th pick in, in the NBA draft, the Chicago Bulls select Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I know it's gonna get it's gonna get stone mad, but um, it's just a I feel like it's a, it's a perfect pick here. Uh, Markin is probably gone, um, so I feel like he can he can play next to Vuce or even behind uh, Vuce at the small ball five. But uh, yeah, I, I had to do it. I'm I'm high on him as well. Stone is higher higher on him than me, but I, I do like JRE, and he's my second option for the Suns too. I just want to say Stone had 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 a billion options to go with here. Uh, he could have taken Jeremiah Robinson Earl at any point. He took Rogas, Jokovitis, Kessler, Edwards, and, and Bones Highland all over JRE. So uh, you reap what you sell, my man. Uh, so, anyways, Yosef is up next with his. He's picking for the Kings again. He he is living in in the shoes of Monty McNair. Uh, just hopefully, minus having to hear Vivek run a Diva tell you what to do. Uh, but you know, other than that, uh, Yosef with the Kings. Uh, Stone, how do you feel about JRE to the Bulls? Um, I think it's a really good pick, you know, even though I didn't make it, I think, uh, he, I've been all high on him because of the fact that he's such a good switch defender, the Kings or the, uh, sorry, the Bulls actually really need that. They need somebody who can guard multiple positions. Um, they really don't have that at the moment outside of Patrick Williams and, uh, I guess Thad Young, but I don't know how repeatable his season was either. Um, so I think, you know, with the forwards they already have, it's, you you can't really stack up on enough of those sort of guys. Um, so I really like the pick here and, uh, you know, the, the bulls just need defense and Jeremiah Robinson role is good at it. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's interesting. When, when we talked with, uh, um, Evan Zaucha about the bulls, he mentioned that, uh, um Arturis Kanisovis or Karnasovas, uh their their GM really values like dribble pass shoot players. And I think that could potentially be Jeremiah Robinson or a while also being, you know, a really elite switch defender. And, and that sort of combination is really solid value here at 38. Uh just not the type of player you expect to be available here, but uh a very good one. I almost took him at 36, but I thought I would let you get him. Uh, and and Davis beat me to it. Uh, Yosef is ready. So, Yosef, let's hear it. Um, so, I really struggled with this one because I think the Kings could go multiple directions. Um, but I'm, I ended up going with Joel Ayayi from uh, Gonzaga. I think he's a guy who – I think he can be a late first-round talent. Um, he can score off the dribble. He can score off ball. He's versatile. He's really everything you want in a player. I think he's another one of those guys, though, that – he has a much higher floor and a lower ceiling, um, but that seems really just the way the Kings have liked to go. I think that's another guy that whenever you put him with Scotty Barnes, with Tyrese Halliburton, with De'Aaron Fox, like that offense, the ball is going to be moving. You, It might be the best thing to ever happen to Luke Walton. Well, I, I mean, aside from having Bill as his father, maybe, I guess. Uh, oh, yeah. We'll see. Well, yeah. Well, that's that's a toss-up. Uh, Stone is on the clock with the Pels. Uh, Stone is just gets to pick the, the whole Pels squad, too. So this is uh, 
So, so Yosef with the Kings and Stone with the Pels. We'll have to compare full drafts a little later. Um, I like that Joel AI pick. I'm a little lower on AI just because I just don't know where I value like college role players. And that's something I'm going to have to develop as, as my time in scouting, you know, continues to grow. I just, I think that um, the margins just become tighter in the NBA. And I think it's, if you're really good at things in college, but you only do those things, sometimes it's harder to, to uh to do those in the nba and sometimes what works best is a player with a bigger role sort of crushing it down so i was lower on teo maladon but i'll say teo had a very good rookie season and and joel ai i think is is a solid bet for that and uh those three guard lineups would be fascinating especially when you throw scotty barnes out there uh just uh hopefully not marvin bagley and then you could have a really interesting team uh, where everyone passes and everyone makes good decisions and everyone defends. It's just sort of a, that would be a fun team to watch if, if, if Luke Walton could sort of like figure out how to run a competent NBA offense. Um, so with that being said, uh, Stone, Stone, are you feeling ready at 40 or is, is it a no-go? Yeah, um, I'm ready. Uh, I really like that. Yeah, yeah, you pick. I know that just stunned Cooper to his core. Um, but I think I, I, um, the, the Kings are going ultimate connecting pieces here, and I really, really like it. I like this sort of brand they're building. Um, but with the Pelicans, I'm going to go with Isaiah Livers here. Um, I think <clears throat> they need some more of these 3 and D guys, and I think Livers is the best available at this sort of archetype. Um, he's, you know, 3 and D gets overused a lot, but I think with Livers, that's like exactly what he is. It's just like three pointers in, in defense. Um, I think he's a really, really good defender. Uh, and he's a really like an awesome shooter. Um, closeouts don't affect him at all. And, you know, playing him alongside uh, in lineups, like with Zion, who needs the ultimate spacing, I think uh, Livers provides that. Um, obviously, there's there's so many young guys, not enough, and all of these rookies would necessarily get minutes, but out of all of them, I think Livers uh, early on might be the guy uh, out of these second round picks that, that gets the minutes here. Yeah, uh, I like that pick a lot. I'm on the clock at 41 with the Spurs, but I just want to talk about, he talked about like like uh, the Joel AI pick, like ruining Cooper. You guys miss out when you're listening on a pod. We're on Zoom and we can all see each other's faces and it, it really adds to the experience. So if we're just, uh, if we're just like, all giggling like little schoolgirls. you have no idea what's going on you just assume cooper is reacting to a pick or or stone is like throwing his hands up because i took this guy uh i know who the pick is but i want to get some opinions on isaiah livers so so davis i'm gonna throw it to you how do you feel about uh, isaiah livers on the pelicans all right uh, my bad my bad my bad no, you're, good. you're good it was like it was like being all weird it, uh you're but good. yeah no I, I i i like livers and i think i picked for the pelicans next so if you would have if he would have fouled a few picks later, um, they would have got him anyway. Um, but yeah, three and D guy can contribute right away. Um, and the Pelicans, I, I believe are in sort of win now mode. Um, so they're, so they're looking for guys that can contribute right away. I think livers does that. Yeah. I, I like that pick. And something I should note too, is that this is where the draft gets like super unrealistic. Like we've already been like, you know, picking our own guys and, we haven't been doing trades. So like there's going to be some trades in the first round, but once you get past like 35, it's not even trades. It's like different teams will just buy the picks. Like there's no way the Pels are going to make all three of these second round picks. There's just, there's literally zero chance on earth that they make all those picks. Um, so, you know, 
whether it be 40 or 43 or both, or sometimes even all three, they're either going to get dealt or someone's just going to buy them. So we're, we're using the teams that are picking as the general framework for thinking about fit, but it's important to note, like if you're listening or, or even for us picking these picks, like we're, we're to a point where these likely aren't the teams who will be actually making the picks uh, for honestly, it's it, like, it's something like almost the majority of second round. It's like 40% of second round picks, like, aren't made by the team who who starts with them on draft night uh, it's a crazy high number because it it just doesn't so many teams don't value second round picks or only value them at certain points in their uh team building or whatever it may be uh but i'm here at 41 uh, with san antonio spurs i'm gonna take the last guy i have with a first round grade uh and that's david johnson uh david johnson is someone who i'm much higher on than everyone else and i think that's because i see him more as a wing than a guard um but if he is a guard, he's a really interesting bet as, as a backup guard. Uh, but if he's a wing, he's a really interesting slasher. He's a gigantic human being at 6'5 and, and really strong. He also makes really good passes. Uh, that's sort of, I think, my developing brand is if you're like built like a brick shit house and, and are a good basketball player, like I just like you better than everyone else. Um, I don't know what it is, but there's something about, about that archetype. Uh, and, and that's David Johnson. He's just really big. He, he runs a solid pick and roll. Uh, you know, Cooper mentioned it, and I don't like to say this either, but shooting is sort of the swing skill. Uh, but what I like about David Johnson is projecting him as a shooter is that he was comfortable shooting very deep. He has a very wide base and a lot of range with his strength. So uh, I like that. Uh, Cooper, you're on the board at 42 with the Pistons. Uh, he's ready. But if anyone has any thoughts on David Johnson, uh, get him out real quick. Going once, going twice, sold. Okay, uh, Cooper, let's hear it. Who are you taking with the with the 40-second pick? Uh, well, I don't feel guilty about taking the next Zach Levine anymore. So uh, with the 40-second pick, <laughs> you're already writing it down. Yep, I, yes. Uh, Cooper selects Scotty Lewis for the Pistons. Um, I'm honestly surprised he lasted this long. Uh so, so uh, Davis is up next with the Pels, but Cooper, uh, let's hear let's hear the next Zach Levine spiel for for Scotty Lewis. Well, I, I can't do a good uh, Kendrick Perkins voice, so I'm not gonna be able to do the whole spiel perfectly. But I I I refuse to bet against a guy with his athleticism and defensive tools and just ability to muck up both on and off the ball. Offense be offense be uh, be bad worded. Uh, I, I have a real soft spot in my heart. Oh, I see the, uh, the Scotty Lewis background. I love it. I'm, <laughs> I have, I just, I love Scotty Lewis and I can't, I can't help myself from, I was barely able to take Isaiah Todd at, uh, five picks earlier. So I'm yeah. really glad that, that the Pistons get both of them. Yeah, I, I don't blame you for having your guys. And uh, Scotty Lewis goes number one overall in a all good human being draft. Uh, if anyone has ever talked to him, he's just he's just the greatest guy. Um, I've got to see him dunk live, and uh, that was a fun experience. He went he did like a 360 in transition, so that was fun. Uh, that was back in high school. But uh, I don't I don't hate that pick. I'm way lower on Scotty Lewis. I have him like in the hundreds, but I. I I understand where you're coming from and we're at a point in the draft where if you just have your guy, just take them. You're, you're past 40 fit. Doesn't matter. Like what does Scotty Lewis look like on the Pistons? Who knows? Who cares? It, it doesn't matter. Maybe he'll catch some lobs from, from Cade Cunningham. Maybe he won't be a piston at all. Who knows? Uh, 
but I, I like you betting on your guy. Uh, I knew this was coming. I thought it was coming about 10 picks ago, to be honest, at 32. I, th- I thought that was going to be the Knicks pick, uh, but but solid pick here. Uh, Davis, do you have your pick ready for the Pels? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good. So for with the 43rd pick in the NBA draft, the New Orleans Pelicans select Aaron Henry. Um, just more defense this time on the perimeter. Um, guard defense don't know if he'll ever be able to switch on like big forwards but at least probably one through three um, kind of can contribute right away as well at least defensively the shot isn't quite there yet but I don't think it's it's terrible or or anything that is, is necessarily like an, a, a huge negative um, so just once again I don't know if the Pelicans will even be picking right here but um, if they do this would be a good option yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Yosef, you're up next with the Nets. Um, Stone, do you have any thoughts on Aaron Henry to the Pels? Um, I think it's a good pick. It's a really safe pick, I think. Um, Aaron Henry is someone that I've come around on lately as a guy who I really buy as being a rotational guy at the NBA level. Um, I think he provides more creativity uh, than a lot of other guys within a similar sort of archetype. I think he's um, able to create his own shot and create for others a, a bit more. Uh, and then when you have Livers and Henry on the perimeter, it really helps out them helps out the Pelicans in terms of uh, defense on the perimeter, especially, which is something they really need. Um, so it makes a lot of sense. And I, I like the pick here. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, you guys have two picks to make sure I don't get the ultimate wraps pick at 46. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I, I have it. I have it in hand ready if he falls because he is i mean you if he falls and i say that name you will all face palm because it's like of course he goes to the raptors um but but there's two picks you can steal him from me uh yosef are you feeling ready with the first of those two here at 44 yeah um i have the nets taking austin reeves uh the guard from oklahoma this is a guy that i've i go to ou i've watched him for two years um have been critical as heck for of him a uh, guy who's made my hairline recede um dribbles the ball out the air but i actually think like in brooklyn he would fit well there uh, i do have question marks around his shooting um he's a guy you look at even his form everything you're like oh this is a shooter but then the numbers don't support it but i think that's also just the shot selection the role he played at oklahoma um but as an off-ball guy a guy that you know could have a real nba career this late in the second i think it's a more safe pick yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Stone is on the on the clock with the Celtics, and I think Yosef brings up an interesting point uh, of like guys who might have NBA careers this late. There's a lot more names than I feel like there 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 should be, um, and maybe that's me sort of looking. I think we do this. I feel like we do this every draft where no one like like when when you're doing a mock draft, and you're making picks like 50 through 60. You're never like, well, this guy's probably not an NBA player, but I'll take him, even though that's the reality. Um, but it, it does feel like there are some really interesting bets here. I mean, Aaron Henry, a sort of do-it-all wing. I mean, if if his shot gets to, like, okay levels and he continues his effectiveness as a slasher, one of the best floaters in the whole draft while also being, you know, built and 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 6'7 or 6'6, six, six, I think. Uh, like, to get him at 43, just, like, in a vacuum sounds like an awesome awesome pick, awesome value. So there's definitely some interesting stuff here, a lot of interesting guys. Uh, Coop, do you have any takes on Austin Reeves? I know you're 
a Houston guy. So like you're sort of close to Oklahoma. So, uh, so, so I wonder if you have any Austin Reeves takes. Uh, nothing specific on Austin Reeves. Uh, <laughs> I think you should have taken Mac McClung. <laughs> no, no, don't even get us started. Uh, sorry. That was, no, I think Austin Reeves is an interesting pick here. I think just adding anybody who can, you know, work on offense like he can and do the stuff that he can do on offense to an already stacked. I mean, they're, they're, they could lose a lot of guys in free agency. So having a guy like Austin Reeves who could maybe come in and be a, a late bench guy with the kind of offensive skills he has. I mean, I know it's the late second, but I think that this is the Nets really need to add cheap talent with their three stars taking up so much cap room and their expensive role players like uh, Joe Harris. Yeah, I absolutely think that the Nets are. I mentioned that most teams aren't going to make multiple picks. I actually think the Nets might make all their second round picks because um, when when you draft a second round pick, uh, you get assigned them for below below minimum value if they're your own pick. Um, so it's like the Bucks last year, like drafted Jordan Wara and Sam Merrill, um, two guys who are probably mocked to maybe get drafted, but you know older guys who they thought had had an immediate skill set to just be end of the bench players because they needed those roster slots um before stone goes i want to ask coop uh best hair between Corey kispert josh giddy and austin reeves who, who you taking give me give me a power ranking Ooh, okay i mean i think Corey kispert has to be first there's nothing you can you can unbeatable okay and then uh i gotta take josh giddy just because i think his hair looks magnificent when he's throwing the most ridiculous passes of anyone his size in the entire world and then Austin Reeves, which it's it's a close one, two, three, but it's a solid one, two, three of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, You took that question in absolute stride. You did not think, you did not think for a second. Yeah. Coop, Coop <laughs> has been planning for that question to come his way. Uh, you can't oh, tell because I have the headphones on and I wore a hat all day, but I sort of, when I wear a headband and I'm hooping, I have the Corey Kispert hair. Uh, I used to have the Corey Kispert mustache too, but uh we, we, won't, we won't dive into that. We won't dive into that. Uh, Stone, are you ready with the Celtics here at 45? Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, I think you guys missed on, on Deuce McBride uh, and somebody else here who has great hair. So this Deuce has really good hair. Um, Deuce does have I'm, great hair. I'm going to go with um, – I'm, I'm torn between two guys, and I know the guy I'm passing on is who Bryce is going to take at 46. I'm, I'm fairly confident. Um, but this guy has felt, fallen too far in terms of just value, I think. So I'm going to go with Ayo Desunwe here um, for the Celtics. I think he – the thought of him and Marcus Smart together on the perimeter, like that's just some really crazy defense. And then you have, obviously, Brown and Tatum. Um, <clears throat> the Celtics have a clear need at guard. Uh, I don't really know if Ayo is necessarily the guy they want to fill being a lead guard. Um but there's minutes to be had there. Um, and, you know, he can run a lineups where he's like uh, playing alongside Smart and, and Brown and run out like three guard lineups. Um, he's really versatile, really good defender. Um, the shooting is, is good enough, I think. So there's a lot to like here, I think. And value wise, it's just the best value on my board. So I'm going to take him here. Yeah, uh, there was no danger of me taking him with the next pick. So, so, so that that was probably not on your mind. Um, I'm I'm up at 46 at the wraps. I know who I'm taking, but I want to ask Yosef uh, really quickly. How do you feel about Iodasumo to the Celtics? I like it. Um, I'm high on him. I'm kind of shocked that he fell this late because I think he's a guy that 
goes in the 30s. Um, and I think Boston's probably the best place for him in terms of development, fit, um, and just everything there. I don't know if he's going to be a guy, though, that they can play right off the bat. Um, I think he's definitely majority G, uh, G League. Uh, and this is a dumb, maybe a dumb question, but are guys drafted second round? Can they be two-way, two-way guys? Yeah. Yep. Okay, yeah, I think he's probably a two-way guy is where my money would be. And there's also no limit. I thought I thought you had to be picked up for 45 to be a two-way guy, but I guess not because Tyler Bay went 37 last year and was given a two-way. And he was only given a one-year two-way. So, I think they removed it last year because of the COVID. You might be right. Um, but yeah, Io might be a two-way guy. Um, so I'm going to pick here with the Raps. And I cannot believe you guys let this man, the most obvious Raptor of all time, uh, Herb Jones, fall all the way to the Raptors. Uh, Herb Jones just screams Raptor. In, in a way, I thought um, Lamine Janay did last year. I thought Lamine Janay would have been a Raptors draft selection or that might have been two years. Was that last year or two years ago? I don't know. It all blends together. Anyways, uh, Herb Jones is an athletic forward who who isn't a good shooter but plays really good defense. Uh, you know, a lazy comp would be Pascal Siakam. Uh, not, not that uh, he has any chance of being what Pascal has become, but, you, you know, people have to come up with comps. Uh, there's one. Uh, and, and he screams raps to me. I, I think he's just a solid value bet here because – he has a clearly translatable NBA skill. Um, and he's also a good passer. And it's just, if you trust a team, your, your development staff to, to turn someone who is truly like, like, like Herb Jones is a truly bad, bad shooter to turn him into a good shooter uh, or, or a mediocre shooter, then I think he should be the selection. Uh, Coop is already ready. So uh, after this pick, we'll let, we'll let you guys react to both the Raps picks. So Coop, let's hear it. Who do the Raps take at 47? Uh, with the 47th pick in the NBA draft, the Toronto Raptors select Dayron Sharp out of UNC. Interesting. Uh, Dayron Sharp, uh, another Montverde guy. Is he the fourth Montverde player to go in this draft? Uh, Scotty, Cade, and uh, uh, Moses. So, yeah, uh, Dayron Sharp is the f- is four of four. Uh, every every Montverde player who has declared for this draft has now been drafted. Uh, Coop or Davis is on the clock with the Hawks. Cooper, I'm going to let you say why you took Tayron Sharp, and then I'm going to throw it uh, back to Yosef to let us hear what he thinks about those two picks for the Raps. Uh, I think that Dayron Sharp is a really smart player. Uh, I think that if any team is going to be able to get the most out of a guy with his specific skill sets of rebounding and passing out of really specific circumstances, it's going to be Nick Nurse and the Toronto Raptors. Uh, and I think with you selecting uh, the guy who I was going to take, Herb Jones, but it's to the same team, so it's okay. I think that Dayron Sharp will really be able to like fit into a front court that's already really versatile and has a lot of really smart players in it. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a solid pick there. Uh Yosef, do you have any takes on, on this raps this raps hall at, at 46 and 47? I think both of them are like legit perfect Raptors guys. Um, they fit the Raptors stereotype. I think Sharp will be will do pretty well as uh, Cooper said in terms of passing and Herb. I think I think Herb Jones is going to be a really versatile guy. I'm a bit more higher I think than most people on him. I think he's a smart player. I think he can decently shoot the three. I do have higher aspirations for him though. What he only I think he shot mid thirties last year. Um, I do think he can work his way up towards a higher higher clip. Uh, but overall, I think these are two guys like 
if the Raps were to get both of these guys, I definitely like, especially in that developmental system, I think they would be real NBA players, or at least one of them would be. That's that's a good take. Uh, Davis, are you ready with, with the Atlanta Hawks? Yeah, so um, the Atlanta Hawks with the 48th pick in the uh, NBA draft, the Atlanta Hawks select Quentin Grimes. He's taken, I don't believe, but uh, yeah, he's he's – I know Sharif went to them in, in round one, um, but now you get kind of like the shooting, um, the shooting type of, of backup guard. Um, not the best defender yet, but he has the size and it's pretty quick and, and strong. So maybe he can, he can work his way to being a better defender, but um, this late. Yeah. I, I, I like Grimes. Yeah, that's a solid pick. Uh, uh, Quentin Grimes, one of two Houston players I have draftable, uh, not to give any hints. Um, but, Yosef, you are up with the Nets, and then I'm going to let Cooper, because he is, of course, at U of H right now, uh, give us a little bit of the rundown on Quentin Grimes. Uh, well, I do have a little bit even more background on Quentin. He went to my rival high school uh, for like a year, I think, or a year or two. Uh, and then I have a, a picture of my brothers with him, and I think – that is very funny. That's cool. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm not sure about the rebounding if he's a system rebounder, but he's very strong. And so that gives me hope that he'll be able to be almost like a, a Josh Hart kind of guy with more strength and less agility. But I've, I've seen people doubt the shooting. Uh, I think the shooting is maybe not 100% of uh, what it was during the season, but it's definitely worth a shot on more than some guys that people project to be really good shooters like but just pulling stuff out of their butts yeah. uh, I think Q actually shows indicators and I think that he's a really really good pickup this late uh, especially with people him shooting up mocks after all of the uh, the workouts and stuff yeah I, uh, I I agree with you he's he's someone who I think what you're really betting on with his shooting is that because of his he has really solid locomotion uh, throughout his whole body as like coming off weird movements, um, including pull-ups or, or coming off pin downs. Um, he has just a really solid feel for staying balanced and just getting straight up and down. Uh, I, I just really buy the biomechanics there. Um, not to use big words and sound smart. He shoot real good. Um, Yosef, are you, are you ready uh, with the nets? Yeah, um, I have the Nets taken the seven-foot beast from Seen Hall, Mamu. Uh, I love the guy. Uh, I think he's a he has real defensive upside in terms of a defensive anchor in the interior D. Uh, his offensive game is fun. Obviously, this isn't a guy that probably doesn't make an instant impact, which is really what Brooklyn needs. Um, but it's just at 49, he's a guy that I very much, you know, you watch these workout videos, you watch some of the film, and you're just like, he has all the intangibles. Like he's just a fun guy. Like I need him on the team. And he's just one of those that like at 49, especially where at this point, less than 10% of guys actually are NBA players. I think he's one of those that you, you really swing for. Yeah. Uh, before, before we move on, uh, I, you have to try and say the name, try and say the, there's, there's, there's a reason why I did it. <laughs> um, Mamu Kolovsky. <laughs> it's can you're 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 good. It's Sandro Kelashvili. Okay. It's okay. uh 
I like to be, I'm an elitist about names because uh, obviously if I've shown anything over, over this mock draft, it's that uh, I'm kind of a dick. So it's, it's my brand. Um, <laughs> Stone, you are up at 50 with the 76ers. Uh, I'm going to hit on Sandro because I really like Sandro or Sandro. I don't know. Maybe now I'm falling Can't even apart. get his first yeah, name right. Look at you. <laughs> I know. Uh, he's just so interesting and i love i love that yosef mentioned it's like less than 10 percent of these guys are nba players so rather than taking someone safe who is like oh maybe this you know this guy has one skill and, and maybe it'll work out or doing something like taking coaches on a kumpo so you could try and sign his brother you take a player who if he hits is a legitimate huge value at uh if sandro hits like like he's he's legitimately like a movement shooting smart decision making really solid fluid mover at like a forward center wing like if he if if something with him clicks he is a valuable valuable nba player not someone who you're comfortable having 13th on your roster for for seven years and saying that's that was a good pick he's someone who is a steal if he hits so i i really really like that pick i like the philosophy behind that uh stone go ahead and, and make your pick here with the 76ers yeah, um, so with the 50th pick, the Philadelphia 76ers are going to go with Joe Wieskamp. And I think um, this is under the assumption that they're trying to keep Ben Simmons. So uh, that's who I'm going to go with. Yeah, uh, that's a solid pick. And I'm going to let you break that down. I'm on the board with the Grizzlies at 51. I know the pick. Uh, but Stone, go ahead and give us like what you like about Joe Wieskamp and, and why you think he's a good fit for the 76ers. Yeah, um, Ruiz Camp is somebody who is a really good off-ball mover. When you have somebody like Ben Simmons and uh, Joel Embiid to a much lesser extent, obviously you need some some spacing. Um, and I think Ruiz Camp provides that at a very high level. Uh, he's a guy who can play off-ball because he, he's so good at getting himself open. Um, and, you know, he's going to, going to be a guy who I think um, – stays in the NBA for a very long time just because of his skill set and how good he is at it. So uh, that's, that's sort of my rationale there. Yeah. I, uh, I like that pick. Um, so for me at 51, the Grizzlies are going to select um, the NAIA superstar EJ Onu. Um, Onu is just sort of a, a value plate this late in the draft um, at 51. You're, you're getting a guy with the longest wingspan in the whole draft and and could potentially shoot uh you know i i care very little about redundancy with jaron jackson jr with the 51st pick so just as a pure upside bet uh similar to the to the philosophy behind taking sandro uh, i have the grizzlies selecting ej onu uh cooper's up next with the pistons uh he is ready uh let's just roll through it because davis has to go to work soon so cooper uh let's hear let's hear the pick with the pistons uh, with the 52nd pick in the NBA draft, the Detroit Pistons select Greg Brown III out of the University of Texas. Interesting. Uh, Texas home pick there or what? No, I'm kidding. Uh, very no, athletic, I... jumps very high. Uh, yeah. Solid pick. Uh, Davis, uh, you're at 53 with the Pels. Um, if you're good, you can go. If not, then uh, Coop can sort of break down Greg Brown. Yeah, um, I, I'm – with the 53rd pick in the in the NBA draft, the uh, Pelicans select. I'm going to do like a, a stash type player here. I'm um, sure they have so many and go Philip Petrusev. Um, just a, a, a five, you know, that can maybe stretch the floor and, and be a, a somewhat decent rim protector and probably won't be 
in the NBA for a year or, or two after he's drafted, if he's drafted. Interesting. That is an interesting pick. Yosef, you're up with the Pacers. Um, I like the idea of going stash. The stash pool got murdered with the with the withdrawals. I mean, yeah. Kita Mikhailovs, Mikhailovsky, um, and, and Mario Nokic, guys like that, all went back or are playing in Europe next year. So Petrusev is an interesting pick there. Sort of a, a, a fun bet as like a a three and D center next to Zion. Uh, I like that pick. I don't have him. I don't have him adaptable, but I understand sort of the philosophy behind that pick. Uh, Yosef, if you're ready, you can go. If not, Davis, you can give us a little bit more on Petrosev. Yosef, you're muted. Has anyone taken Dacian Nix? No one has taken Dacian Nix. Okay, no. yeah, that's that's my pick. Uh, as we brought up earlier, don't know what the future for Brogdon is. This is another guy. I think at 54, I think that's a really good value pick. Um Another guy, I think he's a smart player, uh, but we'll see. High, I don't want to say high ceiling, but he, I think he has really a moderate ceiling and low floor as well. It's just too many question marks around him, honestly. That's why for the drop. Yeah, uh, Stone is up with the Thunder. I like that pick at, at this point in the draft to just bet on a big body who, who makes good decisions. Uh, to me, sort of like a poor man's David Johnson, uh, Stone is ready. So Stone, let's hear it. 55 for the Thunder. Yeah, um, I'm actually sort of surprised he fell this far, considering Davis is also in this mock. But I'm going to go Jason Preston. Um, I think, you know, the Thunder already have a ton of guards, but uh, Preston is probably the highest on my board, still available. So uh, we're going to go with him here uh, and, you know, see how it works out. Yeah, yeah I'm, beating uh, my, I'm beating myself for that one. I like, I, just, I like thought about him in like the 30 and just forgot that he just didn't go. I was shocked you took Philip Petrosev yeah. above him. So at 11, I'm picking for the Hornets. At 11, they picked, um, they picked, uh, so this is everyone's last pick, by the way. At 11, they picked Josh Giddy. I'm not going to factor that in. I'm going to take the best player left on my board, and that is the other Houston guard, Dejan Giroux. Um, Giroux is simply just one of the best uh, screen navigators in the class, if not the best. And just next to next to LaMelo Ball, I think that's a solid pick. And and at 56, you know, he's someone who, if, if the shot works out, you have someone who's a good decision maker and a really good defender uh, who can who can sort of get into the teeth of the defense. Um, I he's someone who I who I'd rather get undrafted, but with all of our last picks, I I, I wanna I wanna rep my guy, and that's Dejan Giroux, uh, huge Kevin Sampson and Houston fan as well. So uh, Cooper, you're up with the horn or Oh, the Hornets picking again. You're up with the Hornets, so so go right ahead. The 57th pick in the NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Jalen Tate out of the University of Arkansas. Uh, he's just too funky, and I think a wing combination of Dejan Giroux and Jalen Tate is uh, really fun. That is fascinating. Davis, you are up with the Knicks. Jalen Tate is someone who I, I have undrafted, but I always consider bringing up one more tier because he's just, like you said, he's just so funky. He gets into the lane really well. Uh, not like an incredible finisher, but he he gets into the lane. He's a good defender. Uh, just sort of does a lot of things well. And, and I'm all for, at this point in the draft, uh, just take wings, take forwards, get them into your building. If they're not an NBA players, that's fine. Uh, because even if even if they're bad NBA players, if you're 6'6 six, six and move laterally, like you can play like five minutes a game uh, and, and survive. So uh, Davis, if you're ready, 58 with the Knicks. 
Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and take my guy here. Um, Delano, I don't know if it's Bonton or Banton, but um, I'm going to go ahead and take him here. Just I, I have him in my 40, so um, I, I, I love his size and for his, his, his uh, vision and playmaking and just everything. He does everything besides really score at a high level, so I, I like Delano a lot. I- I love that we're just taking our last five picks to just take our guys uh, as it should be. This is, this is the brand part of the draft. Yosef, you're up with the nets uh, and then it'll be stone with the final pick of the draft. Um, and, and then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to let everyone plug themselves hit on maybe a couple guys that, that slipped to undrafted and, and then we'll wrap this up. So Yosef, uh, if you're ready, let's hear it. Um, I can't remember again if this guy has been taken or not, but uh, has Aaron, has Aaron Henry been taken? Aaron Henry has been taken. Yeah, okay. He yeah, went, I was thinking there was no way he dropped that deep. Um, I think then I'd probably take – doesn't really make sense for the Nets, um, but I'll probably take Mario Nakic. Just he's a draft and stash guy probably. Um, smart player, has a long ways to go in terms of actually turning into an NBA guy, um, but he's fun. I like him. I hate to break this to you, but Mario Nakic is no longer in the 2021 NBA draft. Are you serious? He returned. Uh, he is going back to Europe. So uh, When? Uh, the withdrawal date was two, was it two days ago? Okay. Yeah. Like 500 players withdrew. So yeah, no, yeah. no, no, I don't blame you for missing. Cause like, <laughs> I was like trying to keep, I was at work and my service at work is horrible. So I was like, trying to keep up. And it was, uh, it was a miserable experience. And then right as I get back, I hear the Roko news and I like almost broke out in tears <laughs> and there's stone's dog. Just, uh, that's nice. Uh, yo, so, so if there's another person you want to pick, uh, go ahead. Um, um I'm not surprised after I heard the Roco news, I kind of hopped off my phone for the rest of the day. Um, but just for fun, we're talking ceiling guys. Uh, let's go take McCur maker. Um, oh, there we go. <laughs> you know, that's a guy like all seriousness. When I would watch, I had a really hard time, like just analyzing him just in terms of who he was playing with against in competition wise. Um, but we're taking our guys and this is a guy that I really like. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. He was someone who I was even lower on coming out of high school. I was really happy he chose to go to Howard and support HBCUs, but uh, not not a, interesting bet at fifty nine. Uh, and he can he can maybe shoot and play center, so that's a fun fit for the Nets. Uh, Stone is is uh, KIA right now, uh, but you have the sixtieth pick. Uh, he's ready. Uh, go ahead, Stone. Bring us home. All right. Yeah. So sorry, my my dog is telling me it's time for his dinner. Um. I am going to go with, uh, I'm feeling the pressure at 60. You know, there's there's a lot of pressure on this pick, but I'm going to go with Eve Palms to stay on our brand. We've built this brand pretty much through like all 30 of our team preview episodes. Um, so, you know, I got to stay with it. I think Eve provides them some rim protection there. We don't know what the future is with uh, Miles Turner. Um, he's very switchable. So, Eve Pond is the pick here, and I'm sticking to it. All right, perfect. Uh, Davis, if you got to go, you, you can. You can. I'll, I'll plug you, don't worry. Um, I'm going to run through sort of how the draft went, and then I'm going to ask guys for some takeaways, and then uh, we'll plug everyone. So, um, <laughs> okay. So with that pick in, uh, we are here. We have finished the draft. It has been a marathon. We want to, I mean, Seriously, thanks to Yosef and Cooper for giving us so much of their time. Uh, we're going to run through it all again one more time, just so you you can, you know, 
if you're following along on paper and you think you missed one, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give you the opportunity to, to, to catch back up. So with the first pick, the Pistons selected Cade Cunningham. The second pick, the Rockets took Evan Mobley. The third pick, the Cavs took Jalen Green. The fourth pick, the Raptors took Jalen Suggs. With the fifth pick, the Magic took Moses Moody. With the sixth pick, the Thunder took Kai Jones. With the seventh pick, the Warriors took Zaire Williams. With the eighth pick, the Magic took Jonathan Kaminga. With the ninth pick, the Kings took Scotty Barnes. With the tenth pick, the Pels picked Jared Butler. With the eleventh pick, the Hornets took Josh Giddy. With the twelfth pick, the Spurs selected Franz Wagner. With the thirteenth pick, the Pacers took James Booknight. With the fourteenth pick, the Warriors took Davion Mitchell. With the 15th pick, the Wizards selected Usman Garuba. Uh, with the 16th pick, the Thunder took Trey Mann. Uh, with the 17th pick, the Grizzlies took Miles McBride. With the 18th pick, the Thunder took Auburn Shedgun. With the 19th pick, the Knicks took Isaiah Jackson. With the 20th pick, the Hawks took Sharif Cooper. The 21st pick, the Knicks took Jaden Springer. With the 22nd pick, the Lakers took Trey Murphy III. With the 23rd pick, the Rockets took Cam Thomas. With the 24th pick, the Rockets took Jalen Johnson. With the 25th pick, the Clippers took Nashawn Highland. With the 26th pick, the Nuggets took JT Thor. The 27th pick, the Nets took Kayon Johnson. The 28th pick, the 76ers took Corey Kispert. The 29th pick, the Suns took Chris Duarte. The 30th pick, the Jazz took Kessler Edwards. <sighs> okay. The 31st pick, the Bucks took Josh Primo. The 32nd pick, the Cook, the, the Knicks took Josh Christopher. Uh, with the 33rd pick, the Magic took Renz Blyenberg. Uh, the 34th pick, the Thunder took BJ Boston. The 35th pick, uh, the Pels took uh, Rokas Yokobitis. Uh, the 36th pick, the Thunder took Matt Mitchell. The 37th pick, the Pistons took Isaiah Todd. The 38th pick, the Bulls took Jeremiah Robinson Earl. The 39th pick, the Kings took Joel Ai. The 40th pick, the Pels took Isaiah Livers. The 41st pick, the Spurs took David Johnson. The 42nd pick, the Pistons took Scotty Lewis. The 43rd pick, the Pels took Aaron Henry. The 44th pick, the Nets took Austin Reeves. You guys need to stop laughing. Seriously, I'm going to have to... Uh, uh, with the 45th pick, the Celtics took Iota Sunmu. The 46th pick, the Raps took Herb Jones. The 47th pick, pick the Raptors took Daron Sharp the 48th pick the Hawks took Quentin Grimes the 49th pick the Nets took Sandro Mamukilashvili the 50th pick uh the the 76ers took Joe Wieskamp the 51st pick the Grizzlies took EJ Onu the 52nd pick the Pistons took Greg Brown the third the 53rd pick the Pels took Philip Petrasev the 54th pick the Pacers took Dacia Nix the 55th pick, the Thunder took Jason Preston. The, 50 pit, the 56th pick, the Hornets took Dejon Giroux. The 57th pick, uh, the, the Hornets took Jalen Tate. The 58th pick, the Knicks took Delano Banton. The 59th pick, the Nets took McCurmaker. And the 60th pick, the Pacers took Eve Pons. I can, that was this, okay, next year we're fixing the structure uh, and I'm not doing that ever again. But that was the mock draft. Um, I want to hear from you guys. Like, uh, I'm going to throw it to Yosef first. What do you, what's like your main takeaway from, from this exercise as a whole? Uh, and, and does it, how, how do you feel like your picks went? Um, I think the main takeaway is just that like all these mocks and every person has a different viewpoint of these. Um, I think especially this year on draft Twitter, it seems like a lot of people are putting so much stock into big boards or mock drafts. 
I honestly think like, especially picks from picks like seven through 25, I have no clue what's going to happen. Um, honestly, even though our draft is insane, I bet like, if you look at percentage wise, percentage wise, we might just have the same percentage as one of the mainstream draft guys. That's how much like it's hard to predict these stuff. Um, picks wise, think I did pretty well. 59, you know, we kind of had a, had a little kerfuffle. So uh, <laughs> we just we just went from a career maker. But other than that, um, this was really fun. I really appreciate you guys having me on. You know, better to have that at 59 than it than at four. So I mean yeah. it could have been worse. Coop, do you have any have any main takeaways uh from this exercise? I do think it's ridiculous how much if you shifted the picks by like one, like if you shifted the order that we did, the the five through thirty range would have looked completely different. Right? Like it's it's so weird how everybody's like, Oh, you know, the this team's gonna take them. But even like just one little shift. For, and it like really goes to show how different people can think and really shows you that NBA teams evaluators, even though we think of them as like a, like a, a hive mind almost, it's like they all think very differently. Everybody thinks even slightly different, completely changes the outcome. And this is like a really good, you know, visual, visual example of that. Yeah, exactly. You know, as much as like, like, I think like five people isn't that many. Right. And I'm like, well, my board, like, like I had Kessler Edwards who went 30. I have him at 15. And I'm like, if he's that late, there's no way I'm not going to get it. And it just, it's just different. Now imagine that with 30 people and just how, how different boards play out. It's just, uh, and, and then I also learned just like, uh, this is a great group of guys and I hope we can get together to do this next year. Uh, Stone, do you have any main takeaways from uh, this exercise? Aside from that, your, your throat probably hurts really bad. Yeah, um, aside from the fact that you all hate me, I think uh, what's interesting about this draft is that, um, like you're saying, that's 30 different, imagine, it's just five of us, but imagine 30 different people, and then multiply that by like another five, because there's at least like five other people uh, included and in, factored in their decisions for each front office. So when you're looking at over 100 different opinions here on different guys, so it's, it's really interesting on, uh, you know, what uh, goes into each pick. Um, I think everybody has their own rationale and how they view a player and how they fit into each team. Um, but it was, it was really fun. I had a blast. Um, I'm really thankful for, uh, you know, everybody hopping on and, and giving so much of their time to this. Yeah. I, I, I seriously, like, I cannot recommend, and I'm going to let you guys plug all your stuff in a second. I cannot recommend following them enough, not only for the work they do, but also because they just spent two and a half hours sitting on a zoom with, with goobers like stone and I picking pay players in a draft. I mean, like, like for nobody, cause they're insane. They just decided to do that. And I cannot like give them enough of my love and respect and, and tell them how much fun this was, how great it is. Like this podcast, uh, I'm going to get a little mushy. We finished the 30, the 30 team draft preview. We got to meet so many people. This, this podcast has allowed me to talk ball with so many people and, and really like expand my view of the game and, and my understanding and, and just how different teams view the draft, how different people view their teams. And like, it's just been a really interesting experience. And I think it, it's been so worthwhile. Uh, and Stone, you could hit on this too. Um, but this, it sort of does feel like the culmination. You know, we had Joseph and Cooper on to talk about their teams and those are two of the most popular episodes we've done and, and two of the most fun we had recording and, and, you know, this tops both of them because it was just, it was so much fun to have everyone here to get a talk about all this. Uh, I, I had an absolute blast. I, I feel 
really blessed to be in a position where I didn't even follow Stone when I DM'd him saying we should start this podcast. Like, or he like put it out on Twitter and I said, I'll do it. It was like, like I didn't even follow him at that point. It just happened. And what it's become is just really, it's just really special. And, and it was great to feel like this bit of a, this bit of culmination as we're about to finish our first draft cycle as a pod. So Stone, if you have anything else to say, uh, say it. And then uh, we'll let Yosef and Coop uh, finally get out of here after they tell the people they can find them. Yeah, um, I pretty much agree with everything you've said there. I think it's been, you know, just an excellent uh, opportunity for both of us in Davis and um, <clears throat> just to meet all these different people and, and great basketball minds. Um, it's really become like a, a cool community. Um, and I, I think, you know, I'm pretty proud of what we've done this draft cycle. Um, and not to shift gears too, too quickly here, uh, but I just saw on Twitter that Mercur Maker has withdrawn from the draft. <laughs> what? So, How could he even do that? I thought the college deadline, like, <laughs> wait, no way. Joseph, <laughs> <laughs> wait. <laughs> yeah, hey, he, has, he, has, he has to figure again. <laughs> we won't make him do that. This, He's this, been this here happened, too long. This just <laughs> happened six six minutes ago. So, oh my god, yeah, people right, are right, as, hear this. right as he right as he was making that pick, I think Maker Maker <laughs> withdrew that very minute. So, people won't oh, hear this I... for like six days. And, and they're going to be like, Mercur Maker withdrew forever ago. And they're going to be waiting and like, like patiently waiting. They're going to think we're <laughs> stupid. And then we're, they're going to realize like, oh my goodness, like it happened while he made the pick. That cursed 59th pick. Uh, uh, I'm, we're going to audible and say they pick Chris Smith instead. Okay, so uh, they pick Chris Smith from UCLA. Uh, he's also good at basketball. So, uh, but with, with that said, um, Davis, uh, you're still here before you have to go to work. So why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Yeah, I'm, I'm on the way. But uh, you can find me at Twitter, um, at Sports by Davis, all mock drafts, all the big boards, all, all everything will be on there. Um, I do do other sports as well, but it's all it's all basketball at, the, at this point. Um, but, yeah, you can you can definitely find me on, on Twitter and uh, make sure you follow the uh, the Upside Suites podcast on Twitter as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yosef, why don't you let the people know where they can find you and, and all your great stuff? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna free plug you and say Thunder Film Room, one of the best follows on Twitter. Uh, he's he's huge. He's big time now. So, uh, but no, seriously, Yosef, uh, let the people know where they can find you. Well, first of all, I really appreciate that. Um, I wouldn't say big time, but you can find me, like my personal just basketball stuff at Yosef MBA. Um, and then my work is going to soon be on at Thunder Film Room. Uh, I really appreciate you guys having me on. It was actually a lot of fun. Uh, this was my first draft cycle, really. Um, as a Thunder fan, I've never super prioritized the draft in the past like decade. Um, so this was really fun. I really enjoyed this whole thing it was hilarious honestly um and i really enjoyed you know meeting cooper meeting davis um and i really appreciate you guys having me on i really enjoyed the whole 30 team draft uh series you guys had and as you said it's really cool just like listening to other people and their viewpoints of their teams compared to like our own viewpoints of their team uh but other than that yeah i really appreciate you guys having me on yeah of course thank you so much for coming on man and this has been uh this has been a really, this has been probably the most fun pod I've ever recorded in my life. It's, uh, it, it's been great. Uh, Cooper, let people know where they can find you and all your great work. You can find me on Twitter at Cooper underscore Rockets. Uh, you know, I do draft stuff and 
tweet about being sad if we draft Jalen Suggs. But uh, the time of my life, I really enjoyed getting to meet Yosef and see uh, Davis's face. Uh, you know, this was really great, and all of his great backgrounds, especially that was that was really really something really added to the experience. And uh, you know, just thank you so much for having me on. I have really just this was so much fun. Uh, couldn't think of a better use of the last two hours, two and a half hours, uh, than getting to joke about Scotty Lewis for about sixty percent. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Scotty Lewis will be Cooper and I's forever. Like, if he ends up being an All Star, like he will forever, and he should forever hold that over me. Like, he will never ever, and he should never let me forget that. Um, yeah something and i'll still hold it over you i don't I, <laughs> if he gets I'll, drafted i'll be like dead and you'll put on my gravestone like was low on scotty lewis <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how it's gonna go um uh yeah this uh, and we're gonna have cooper crying on twitter if they draft jalen suggs if they draft jalen suggs uh cooper's gonna be on the live stream to cry about it with us so uh, look forward to that, uh, and we're hopeful to get some more people on. Uh, we don't know exactly what time we'll get to actually be doing it live on halftime and, and what time we're going to be recording a live show on Zoom. We have no idea, and we'll figure that out as time goes. Uh, it might, we might have it figured out by the time this goes up, or, or maybe not. We fly by the seat of our pants here at Upside Swings, baby. This is, this is what we do. Uh, Stone, you are my rock, my friend. Let the people know where they could find you and what they got to do. Yeah, um, good pun there. Um, I think that uh, this was just an excellent, you know, uh, last two and a half hours. I, I couldn't think of better people to have on. Um, you could follow me at report underscore court and all of my draft work. Um, follow the podcast at Upside Swings. Any ratings or reviews uh, help us out a lot. If you've made it um, to two and a half hours of this, we can't thank you enough. You're truly a draft sicko. Um, and, you know, you uh, belong in the Hall of Fame. So thank you to everybody that's listened. Sorry for my voice that I sound like a Lopez brother. Uh, hopefully it'll clear up pretty soon. If it makes you feel better, Stone, you would make an all handsome team and the Lopez brothers would not. So from the bottom of my heart, uh, and from like actually from the bottom of my heart like like thanks again to Yosef and Cooper to Davis and Stone we are we are sort of rounding the corner wrapping up our first draft cycle as a podcast and it's it's been a memorable one that's for sure uh and 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 the fact they would spend two hours of their time with us is uh is is crazy I no one spent my girlfriend doesn't spend two hours of her time with me I drive her nuts so uh Cooper and Yosef uh absolute kings definitely worth the follow uh, this has been the Upside Swings Draft Podcast. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you.